0: show where four Catholic men opine on current affairs of the world on matters of faith, culture, and politics. It's unfiltered, it's daring, and it's certainly unapologetic.
1: The Rundown is a weekly news show, but it's more than that. It's a family of like-minded Catholics
2: who are preparing for the coming chastisement. You cover church news, politics, and current events around the world, linking them in a way no one else does, giving youth perspective no one else can.
3: The Rundown is not meant for children, because it informs and prepares parents, young adults, seminarians, even priests watch The Rundown, to know about the most pressing and evolving threats to the Catholic faith today.
4: Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rundown.
5: handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322? A secret number? Uh, There are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world.
6: While true, here in the U.S., agriculture is responsible for just 10% of overall emissions. That data point not deterring Kerry from predicting the industry that produces the world's food may one day cause mass-scale famine.
5: Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century. A two degree future could result in an additional 600 million people not do you,
3: see, do you think there is a parallel because, uh, be- between both
6: uh, COVID and, and climate? Yes. Let's, let's take a step back. The general rule of thumb that I believe everybody should adopt is that if any problem is being presented as a global crisis, then it is a scam and the pattern that we are confronted with is really the fabrication of global crises Mm. the presentation either of non-existent problems or small local problems as being general global crises that fabrication followed by the assertion that the only solutions that are permissible are global ones that require A global authority. You both
5: were members of Skull and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, Not much because it's a secret. (laughs) Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322, a secret number? They're are following
6: all- an agenda called the 2030 agenda. These are these are restrictions and climate regulations that are that are imposed all over the world. So we're being hit hardest right now and we might be the first
5: ones, but it's very important for other people to know that they could be coming to you next. And what do you think Americans can take away from what's happening in the Netherlands?
1: Well, I-
6: From a Dutch perspective, I would say that Americans should be very happy that they have a Second Amendment and that you should protect that with all your, all your strengths.
5: And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy, tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. and, And there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are.
6: The president might want to talk with the educated adults he once trusted to fill his top national security positions. It sounds like you're questioning the credentials of the president's advisors currently but I don't think we should question your credentials today isn't it true you have a science degree from Yale What's that Bachelor of Arts degree is it a political science degree Yes political science So how do you get My a bachelor regret. of arts in a science
5: Well it's liberal arts education and degree it's a bachelor
6: Okay, so it's not really science, so I think it's somewhat appropriate that somebody with a pseudoscience degree is here pushing pseudoscience in front of our committee today. Well, you're the science expert, you got the political science degree. Look, let me ask you this, what's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About
5: 406, 406 today.
6: Okay, 406. Are you aware?
5: 350 that th- being the level that scientists have said is dangerous. Okay. Are you aware? 350
6: is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over a thousand parts per million?
5: Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's um, – <laughs> let me just share with you. That, we now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today. It's the reason
6: accepted. you chose 800,000 years ago is because for 200 million years before that it was greater than, the, than it is today. And I'm going to submit there, for the record. Yeah, but there
5: weren't there human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 well, billion people. So how did it yet. get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth, which spewed Did up... Did geology stop when we got on the planet? Mr. Chairman, I, I, this is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. I agree. Support the Laudato Si' movement uh, to support CAFOD, and really to make our voice heard at Parliament. More, most regular people feel that the planet needs some care and attention, and this is what Pope Francis said in Laudato Si'. And it's all interconnected, and we need to start having our voice heard.
2: La
4: Non possiamo
6: che può non servire la terra
2: brucia oggi ed è oggi che dobbiamo cambiare a tutti i livelli mentre cerchiamo di salvare il pianeta non possiamo trascurare l'uomo e la donna che soffrono l'inquinamento che uccide non è solo quello della nidride carbonica you I'm
6: taking
4: a sentence from Pope Francis um as
5: the motivator and the vision, and Pope Francis said in Laudato C si, um, for for us to enter into a frank
4: dialogue between politics and the economy
2: in
1: the service of life. So that's my
3: Good evening. Welcome to the Rundown, broadcasting live here on our YouTube channel. Tonight we're on the Restoring the Faith Media YouTube channel. So I'm a casting with our radio broadcasting partner, the Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com. Talk radio the way it should be. Fab4 assembled, lots to get to tonight. Top story for, we're going to lead off with this story. Mulvane.
1: But you don't let uh, women on the field.
3: That's not our top story. I don't even know what that was. Where was that? Um, Who was that? Who was that? Rather,
1: that was I accidentally was hovering over it and it just started and I. Uh,
3: that that was the first
2: yeah. female. That was the first female to become a pitcher in the NCAA Division One flight uh, in the United States. And of course, she she threw a pitch for the opening pitch and it went basically back into left field. <laughs>
3: right wow. <laughs> wow uh okay the <laughs> <about that>. uh, <laughs> continue you know, I, we we have a lot of ground to cover since our last rundown we were on rumble only last week today we're on youtube and we're gonna uh memorialize that uh we're gonna in, into all of our minds but uh so much has happened the federal government's taking unprecedented actions to uh stem anti-semitism Lindsey Graham goes overseas and talks with, uh, you know, the Jewish actor, literally Jewish actor who runs uh, Ukraine. Tells him the best money we've ever spent was sacrificing Ukrainians to kill some Russians. Uh, we, we, have, we have the MAGA crowd unmasked as being pro-gay. Disneyland is as gay as it comes. Uh, I think you should homeschool your children. But our top story tonight, actually leading off with Mulvaney. Mulvaney, where are you, Mulvaney? Mulvaney is now straight. He has come out as being straight. The man who destroyed Anheuser-Busch is now straight. So
6: I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad, and he goes...
3: Well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm not going to play that last part. So um, this is the full circle. This is the entire spectrum. He's now uh, transitioning back, I guess, to being a man who just uh, is romantically involved with women. And he's getting paid to do it. Yeah, it's.
1: Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't want to... You know, because I and the back of this is somebody that's got some major problems that, you know, we'll call the thing out for what it is. At the same time, I just want to be, I, I don't want to dunk on the guy because I know he's got some serious problems. But um, on the other hand, um, you know, it, it, you do see a lot of people who detransition. And actually, I feel really bad for them. To say, wow. These teachers these doctors, these Frankenstein doctors, they convinced me to mutilate myself to cut this or that or the other thing off and to go through this whole process and take these drugs and take these hormone blockers and take these and, and, and well my insurance was through the roof and I had to get get donations in order to, to pay for, for, for your staying as a trans whatever. And uh, and you see the testimony from some of these people and then I realized it was all false and some of them irreparably have damaged their bodies and it was gone through these surgery, these Frankenstein surgeries. And, you know, it's like, and I really feel for them because especially they're groomed and they're younger. They're told this will fix you. They trusted the establishment and, and now here they are on the other side, wrecked and damaged and, and not able to function as a normal human being. And so I don't want to dunk on them but at the same time. It's like, you know, uh, I mean, what, what is the the phrase now, you know, play stupid games and stupid prizes or whatever. I mean, it, eventually a normal person is going to have to come back to reality. If they have any aptitude left or ability to, to embrace something normal, they have to come back to reality. Eventually. Yeah. I'm actually Mulvaney, but
3: I don't even you know, know if Mulvaney was groomed though. I mean, Mulvaney just seems to me like he's a, groom. no. He's, he's
1: different. He's different. I'm, I'm thinking people who detransition and you see their testimonies. Mulvaney's a different sort that mm-hmm. from what I understand, you know, sought the stuff out because it's also attention. Which is again part of the mental disorder behind the whole thing. It's Certainly. always a part of And behind the the rainbow nonsense is just another layer of misogyny, really. We get down to it. Father Martin, better-
3: what, what should be done with these people? I mean, to Ryan's point, like they are human beings. They're they suffer from serious disorders, psychosis of, of of various parts. What what should they what should be done with them in the interest of the common good?
2: I'm trying to think of the formal name of, of the, uh, the the institutions that secular society has created to take people outside of society, to rehabilitate them, so that they can then re-enter back into society. Uh, they're called penitentiaries, um, precisely so they could do – well, penance, um, convert from their former way of life. Halfway houses. Re- re-enter society in such a way that they could actually be participants, active participants and fruitful participants uh, of society because um, it was true what JFK said in a sense. It was uh, ask not what your country could do for you, but ask what you can do for the country. But liberalism, as we've adequately expressed on this show, um, has given fruit to licentiousness or people just thinking that freedom is, I can do whatever I want. This is why this country exists. This country exists for me, for me to do what I want. If I'm a man and want to dress up like a woman or whatever else, this is the true authentic uh, living of American freedom. That's false. No, they should be separated from society and say, listen, freedom isn't free, at least. I mean, using using the old, you know, the, mon- the typical mantras for, for American Protestant liberalism, um, you got you have to work for it and, and, and protect it because it, it exists for something. It doesn't just exist for you to... Um, have, have whatever kind of fund you want. They exist for something. Uh, and at least there's some sort of semblance in, in, in still the, the Protestant work ethic in the sense of uh, in, in the country, I mean, on all the red, the red counties outside of the cities, is that uh, people are still using fr- their freedom to provide for their families, to make a decent living, to not uh, necessarily care for uh, being executives in Silicon Valley, but simply just to provide for their families. So what should we do with these people? They should be separated from society and reeducated how that happens and, and what aggressive manner that happens. I don't necessarily know, but uh, it needs to happen because I mean, at the end of the day, if China ever evades, if Russia ever invades, or some other country ends up invading the United States, it's not going to be the men dressed up as, as, as women that are going to be on the front lines, defending um, the last front line uh, for all of our freedoms.
3: Father mentioned that freedom isn't free. And nobody knows that better than white, evangelical, Protestant Americans.
5: We need some help down here. The devil's been a busy man, bullying us all year. He's spinning lies, made us pick a side, now our fists are up. We're headed down a path where a mask can't save us. So Lord I pray with all my mind.
3: James, why are prots like this? Why do they why do they behave (laughs) like this? What what is the deal with this? Did the props mute you, D James? They did. You're muted, you're digitally muted on the screen.
0: Sorry, did you ask a question? Please repeat.
3: Yeah, my question is, why are prots like this?
0: <laughs> that's a very, that's a very good question. Um, a lot of Protestants often uh, talk about how Catholics worship uh, the saints. They worship dead people. But here they are, worshiping something something that's truly inanimate and was never ensouled, uh, worshiping, uh, worshiping a flag. And they consider this uh, something to do if you are truly American with an American spirit. Uh, This is something that you should be able to do because uh, the American flag is just what it is. It's what saves, it's what gives grace, it's everything. Um, And this that's, I mean, no other country in the world is a flag given such uh, power over its citizens. I mean, this is, it's just, it's a a lot, we're a laughing stock to the world and the world Obviously, is not in the position to laugh at us right now, but uh, this, this is just embarrassing on all, on all fronts. There's nothing, there's nothing really more to say about that, ex- ex- except <laughs> we're expected to sort of look at that and, and go, oh, wow, these people really love America, when in fact what they really do love is uh, the, the sense that they get to define anything as uh, sacred and then to worship it as they please.
3: Yeah, anything goes in the United States of America, the U.S.S.A., uh, including, uh, well, this is what Disneyland looks like. So my name's Nick. I'm to of
2: Paragon Millets Apprentices. I'm here to shop you around and make all
5: your
3: selections for the day. Imagine spending all the time and money to go to Disneyland or Disney World, whichever one this is on the left coast or the, or the uh, Florida coast, right? You go to Disneyland. You take your children there, you expose them to these uh these look at this guy. So my niece nick, I wanna carry out
2: Miller's apprentices, I'm here to shop you around and make all your
3: selections
1: for the day. Ugh. Well, on the other hand, Disney has been losing money though. And although I wish it was because of this and this kind of stuff. In reality, Disney's been losing money because, well, now, I mean, the, the way they structure it, they want you to have, like, guided tours, and you're supposed to meet to do this at a certain time. You don't have the freedom to just kind of wander around and do what you want. So Disney's actually been losing a good bit on that. And a bunch of their other ventures have completely tanked. Some of that's just because they're creative decisions. The, the sad thing is it's not, to, you know, the, 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 the people, I mean, you think back in the 90s, back in the 90s, before there was uh, a rainbow month, and before there was uh, any of this stuff, they had gay days. They had days where they rented out the parks to, you know, have as, it organized to have as many homosexuals as they could come in. Mike Leisner, you know, did all that. And people still brought their kids to, even after going and being, oh, well, we, we, we kind of didn't want this. So they just go to Universal for the day and come back the next day. And uh, they like, wait like, wait, 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 what, you're still going to go back? I mean, you look at the failure of the Disney boycott a few years ago. It's like, yeah, we just gotta get those Disney products, we gotta get the princess stuff for our kids, we gotta watch those Disney movies. We and so they kept going. And now they're almost too big to fail, really. That's all I had on
3: for 10 more minutes but <laughs> i was i was i get getting ready
2: to <laughs> r- refill our drinks brian
3: we're doing we're <laughs> doing lightning rounds tonight ladies and gentlemen and we're going to keep the conversation moving you know disneyland is also losing money because children don't come to disneyland anymore if anyone is uh, so unfortunate as to find themselves at disneyland uh in anaheim outside of los angeles what you will bear witness to are a bunch of nostalgic millennials childless millennials who go there for their own amusements disneyland has become a a child worshiping fetish place where weird childless unmarried dog moms like to hang out and it's kind of disgusting okay we need to homeschool our children okay we're here at the san francisco airport bookstore let's check out the children's section Okay, we're here at Kids Nonfiction. The Anti-Racist Kid. And, to do your work at home, the Anti-Racist Kid's workbook. We've got This Book is Gay. Stacey Abrams. When we say Black Lives Matter, how to be a young anti-racist.
6: A justice for all. And uh, maybe a... Volume
3: two on her, I guess. Okay, we have sex is a funny word. Touching yourself is one way to learn about yourself. They said they're not going after our children, Father Martin. They said that in uh, phase one of the gay campaign. We are in day two of the struggle to retake the month of June for the Sacred Heart. Today is First Friday. Uh, hopefully, all of our viewers, instead of watching us, maybe went to first Friday Mass. Uh, but Father, they said they're not coming for our children. I think they were lying. It's
2: true. What's what's nice about these books, in one sense, is that I mean, being at the San Francisco Air, airport is uh, parents have to choose to buy them, so your kids aren't necessarily exposed to them unless um, you expose them to them. Um, one step removed from that, though, is. Uh, libraries or school libraries, or public libraries. So we've shown plenty of videos of, of kids uh, demonstrating before uh, the parent teacher associations or city hall of the kind of books that are in their school libraries, yeah, how graphic they are and everything else. Um, but even one step removed from that too is, is the biggest danger probably is social media because even in middle school, kids have cell phones, even when their peers may not have cell phones they discover the the apps that are all the all the rage or whatever and they introduce your 11 12 13 year old to all of the um the disgusting apps that are out there that are meant for hookups and whatever else um you know where you create your profile to advertise yourself and all, all that kind of stuff um so while yes books are are uh concerning the the situation with with phones and technology and applications and all that kind of stuff is even far more concerning because ki- kids, especially these days, are far more apt to technology than they are to just books. I mean, we kind of have to force kids; for, we have to force books upon kids these days, whereas applications they just willingly go through, go, go to themselves on their own volition. Um, so that, that's de- definitely far more viral than than books are these days. I think.
3: Yeah, I think the persecution is coming. James, let me loop you in. And I know, Brian, you, you want to jump in on this as well. The, the, the academic white papers that the that the rainbow crowd put out uh, amongst themselves in the late 80s uh, described a multi-phase campaign, James, in which in the first in the first phase, they would simply say, all we want is to not be discriminated against. All we want is equal rights. All we want is to be like you. We want to live normal lives like you. the second phase, it was to demand uh, marriage, equality, et cetera, et cetera. We saw the equal signs during the Bush years. We saw the equal signs during Obama. Barack Hussein Obama ran as a presidential candidate in 2008 against gay marriage. And by the time he left office, it was the law of the land, which he supported. The third phase of the campaign is to turn their guns against anyone who doesn't accept the radical homosexualist agenda. And those guns are now turned on all of us. And uh, it doesn't seem like there's a political solution to this, given the fact that even the left mocks the MAGA crowd for this. This MAGA wing has to be the softest group of people to exist. They're all snowflakes. They all call us snowflakes, but they're snowflakes. Like, hold on, what is this? This was literally like a thing not that long ago. Like the anti-LGBTQ rhetoric from the right has really, really ramped up over the last three to five years. It's concerning. It's very concerning. If you have a problem with pride merchandise... Pointing out for those who are listening to the podcast after the fact, what he's pointing out is all of the gays for Trump, James. So how do we get out of this?
0: Well, you know, I mean, there was a small uh, contingent of us uh, back then who were saying well you know this is a red flag look at all these uh people um he's putting in office you had the um i don't want to mention his name but i forget his position who uh it was a billionaire who fun- funded parts of uh trump's campaign he put him in, in office and that really sort of got a lot of people starting to understand okay this guy is not just all, all about a the rhetoric there's something behind behind this. Um, but this has been a problem since day one. And this that gentleman is not right. You know, it's yeah. Uh, and people are getting steadily and steadily um, irritated about and how prominent this movement seems to be coming within the uh, Republican Party. And just as a side, uh, there was yesterday, I believe Thursday, first month of June, we're all out there celebrating Sacred Heart of Jesus The month of june as the sacred heart of uh uh uh, jesus month and lo and behold the fox news uh basically assaulted the 65 plus cloud uh sorry crowd on their programming in the morning there's a there's a show that airs first thing first thing in the morning i don't even know what it's called it's fox five or something like that and they proceeded to start their show with you know, we are happy to celebrate this month of uh, June. And they named it out as the LG and dot, 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 dot. And people are now starting to ask themselves questions. These people have been sitting in the closet for this long. It took them getting rid of uh, Carlson, it seems, for them to finally come out of the closet.
4: Yeah, But
0: we are starting to get – the conservatives who are out there are starting to push back. And um, a, lot, a lot of us – I mean – it's going to be laughable if this whole 2024 Trump thing falls on its, uh, on its behind because a lot of people are not taking that lightly. You have people on, the, on, on his side who were uh, positive, positively for his campaign in 2020 who are now standing aside from him and may not even be supporting uh, DeSantis. But they're not for that pro-L agenda. They're not for the pro-V agenda. You know, therefore, true freedom. And this for them does not include the front runner, the presumably uh, the, the, the uh, presumed front runner, because he has basically shown his true colors throughout this early primary season. You know, this is very embarrassing.
3: Let's pause for a moment to ID our radio broadcasting partners over at Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com. Talk radio the way it should be. Programming note. If you go to crusadechannel.com slash Parrot, two R's, two T's. If you go there right now and you sign up for the Founder's Pass, use the promo code, my last name, Parrot, two R's, two T's. Docs by Church Militant, hacked and blackmailed as well. But if you use that promo code, Parrot, at crusadechannel.com slash Parrot, you can save the whole 150 bucks. You get the whole first year free. Free. You get my daily show, Parrot Talk, on Crusade Channel. You get Ryan's upcoming show on Crusade Channel, and you get hundreds and thousands of hours of other content just by going to crusadechannel.com slash parrot, promo code parrot. Ryan, how do we stop the homosexualist agenda? It's a relentless march. It is. So here is
1: a screen uh, sh- uh, from uh, the Idaho Tribune, which is a local paper here. Even in Idaho, even red conservative Idaho, we have this kind of stuff going on. So we had an election two weeks ago. And uh, in Kootenai County, specifically where I'm broadcasting from, but no longer live in, um, there were two. Uh, one of the ladies you see on the, on the right, the fellow you see on the left actually attends a local SSPX. Actually, I forget his name. Um, I think it's Plass, if I'm not mistaken, Tim Plass. Where else is Tom Hanley? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Tom or Tim, if I'm getting you wrong, and that's not your picture, and you're the other one. But anyway, they go to the local SSPX. They got up and decided to take all the opprobrium from the establishment here locally and to run for the library board and what is the the lady the gal on the the right she's part of the pair that have been on the uh, the community library network which services Post Falls Hayden Um, you know, all these areas, Coeur d'Alene's on its own separate network. And they have for years been buying smutty books like the kind you see people read at these parents' meetings. I won't mention the books teaching. They have the most grotesque and horrific things in there. And it is a kid's book. It is meant to be a kid's book. It's meant to introduce to kids sexual practices that are so disgusting that um, I doubt some guy going to a peep show in the 1930s would have even seen these things. Okay um and they're in a kid's book to teach kids about them oh well, they're gonna find out on their own that we're an educator man. for years parents have been going to the board which these two ladies mccray and uh what was the other one they ran as calling themselves m and right trying to be cool right uh for years they're on the board they're registered republicans now of course part of that's the idaho dynamic if you're a democrat in idaho you're gonna lose unless it's a local office in boise or meridian other way, way, way down south from us. Otherwise, you're going to lose. So Democrats run as Republicans. And so these gals have been sitting on the board for years, and nobody's paid attention to it. until all this stuff started coming out, and parents finally hit a crescendo, and they've been ignored and stoned. No, those books aren't here. And then people would photograph it with their library tag and everything, the card index number or the digital card index. No, that book's here. Oh, no, you're delusional. They just write everyone off. Now, all of a sudden, they saw, not just the two challengers came up, but they had support and people were going to vote for him. They're like, oh crap, we got to do something. So all of a sudden, they pretended like they're actually concerned about this business at the library, right? And at all the libraries locally. And so they're like, oh yeah, we're going to, those books, well, we, they won't be there. We're sensible. We're not crazy like these two. After all, they go to a crazy renegade Catholic church over there in Booth Falls. You don't want people like that running things. Well, the people in Kootenai County decided otherwise and elected those two. Um, Tim Plass and, and uh, Tom Hanley, and, um, you know, they voted out the the the, the two boomer, you know, pseudo-Republican ladies that, that have been putting all this crap into the libraries for years. And here's the other thing, too, is these ladies that uh, sat as Republicans on the local library board getting all this crap in here, they're Native Idahoans. They, and you mm-hmm. have that around the county um, in different places where it's the native Idahoans that are actually pretty liberal and it's actually the conservatives that escape California that for the most part, part of that stereotype, a good number in this area, you know, they have been a bulwark actually trying to keep it conservative in this area just to kind of break some stereotypes. Um, so, but it was a huge deal. And not only that, uh, let me see if I can find that. It's one of the next stories actually involves a friend of mine. Um, so the, there is a local college, North Idaho college, Right And to run, the the trustees are all very conservatives, very big conservatives. And so um, if I, by the way, if you're in Idaho, follow the Idaho Tribune. Here we go. So um, let me get the the main story. So this guy. So this guy is Todd Banducci, and he is a friend of mine, actually, in full disclosure. He's also one of the main figures on the local college uh, board of trustees, and they have been keeping the wokeness at bay as much as they possibly can. And there's all kinds of local shenanigans of the downtown elite. They've been fighting for years. So anyway, so a professor at North Idaho College who was <laughs> um, this kid, you know, he, he runs into Todd's office, and throws some chemical solution at him, destroys his computers. So Todd ran after him. This is a credit to Todd, because if you know Todd, you know, and if you don't, well, the guy was in um, uh, Desert Storm, and he was Special Forces in Desert Storm. He is dangerous as far as a human being with his two hands and what he can do. And, uh, he, and he, he chased the guy down, he grabbed him, and he stopped and made a citizen's arrest. And knowing him, that, that is an incredible amount of restraint so i just have to give salute uh him up, up the hilt for that but anyways this crazy north idaho college uh professor no former now cuz they had a fire to kind of oh yeah this looks bad let me find him guy looks nuts there he is um there we go i mean you just look at the guy's face you know so Totally. That's how unhinged these people are. He's like, yeah, I'm going to throw away my career to throw some little chemical solution at the, the trustee who basically is, you know sits over the board for the college just because I'm not. So anyway, and that's the there's all kinds of shameless reporting. The local press here in Idaho, the, the Coeur d'Alene press, they're a communist rag. They, they're like the worst of the worst. And we think, wow, even in Idaho, it's nuts. Well, yeah. So these are the kind of crazy things that these library boards, you know, have done, and they've finally been held accountable. And the left here is absolutely going nuts over the fact that they, these two liberal women
3: lost. Um, I just want to they- know how often do you helmet smoke? Hmm, that's,
1: that's a good question. question.
3: <laughs> Shall we? I feel like the I feel like the potency would be improved, much improved. If I can see I smoke heard coming, heard coming out of your sweat. eyes. <laughs> There you go. He did it. He did it. That's going to be a meme. That'll be a, that'll be a gif. Davis Volt. The gif the gif that keeps on gifting, uh, as they say in uh, in in young people land. Right. I want to do one more round on this topic, but I want to talk about the only civilized nation on planet earth that actually kind of gets this issue right. It's the civilized uh, nation, the first world nation of Uganda.
0: We bring in the studio this morning one of the gay rights activists, Mr. Should I call you Mr. Sure. Pepe Julian Onzima? Thank you for coming in. Thank you
4: for good morning. Me. morning
0: to you. Why are you gay?
4: Who says I'm gay?
0: You are gay. You are a transgender. What, what,
4: what, what shows that
0: I'm gay? You are a transgender yes, and you're I gay am. rights activist and an outspoken um, uh, uh, lesbian, homosexual. How can I describe you? Now we're looking at the raging debate, uh, you're a gay rights activist, why should someone be gay? You're having a girlfriend. Yes. Do you perform the natural obligations?
4: Uh... <laughs> I'm not sexually active right now. So what are you doing with this lady? By choice. By choice? Yeah. I've just not, uh, I've chosen not to engage.
1: Doesn't that make you gay?
4: What do you mean, doesn't that make me gay? I am am male and attracted to a female.
0: So who is gay?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Who is gay? (laughs) The the civilized nation, the first world nation of Uganda actually gets this critical issue right, while we in the alleged developed West get it wrong. (laughs) The law, which says that, uh, well, actually, uh, being gay is illegal and um, aggravated homosexuality, which is sex with minors, sex with children, aggravated homosexuality brings the death penalty. Father Martin... Ted Cruz, God bless America, Ted Cruz, retweets the Uganda news and says, I, this is terrible, that, that aggravated homosexuality uh, yields the death penalty. I can't even believe this. Ted Cruz, Freemason Texas, a mm-hmm. from Texas, the junior from America's favorite southern neighbor, uh, retweets and opposes the Uganda law. This is your GOP now. This is the this is the grand old party. Ted Cruz ran as the never trumper. He was the true conservative.
2: That's that's it is is back in 2016 we saw we saw a completely different GOP in 2016 than we're seeing right right now in uh 2023 gearing up for 2024. Um it was a completely different GOP. You didn't see a whole lot of homosexuals, you didn't see a whole lot of uh pandering to the gay lobby or anything like that. Um you saw a lot of Bible believing Christians, Bible, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff, really holding true to to morals that uh, the Christian morals is is supposed to be a foundation for true conservative conservatism. Now that that doesn't seem the case at all, it, it almost makes us ask, what do Protestants believe now? Are, are they all gone, or you know, are the the you know the first first Baptist Church of of so and so are they pro gay now? It really makes no sense. I don't know what you're showing. This is Ryan. I don't know who's...
3: I don't know what's going on here. Oh, this is the t- Yeah, this, oh, this is the tweet. tweet. Quote, This Uganda law is horrific and wrong. Any law criminalizing homosexuality or imposing the death penalty for quote-unquote aggravated homosexuality, which he knows is pedophilia. He knows It's mm. it grotesque and an abomination. All civilized nations should join together in condemning this human rights abuse.
2: L.G.B. I hashtags it, you know, and again, have to remind people that Trump invited a, a bunch of drag queens over to Mar-a-Lago as well. This is exactly the place where they're taking the GOP. They're they're making GOP strictly about uh, fiscal conservative, conservatism, fiscal conservatism, nothing about morals or anything else. That is the social issues are completely out the door for those of us who are Christian and Catholic and everything else who are conservative precisely for the social issues. Uh, placing those even higher than the economic uh, issues. Uh, now there's no party. For, there's there's no party. There's no party for anyone. Yeah. There's, there's no party for us because because we place um, God before the economy in the sense that if we put God first, everything else falls into place. And that, that is a principle. When you worship God first and foremost and you follow his laws, everything else will then come after that. But these fiscal conservatives will first put the economy and then – uh, save whatever, as, as a secondary intention, um, whatever morals they can. That's not acceptable. That's not conservatism.
3: James, do, I, I know that there's a huge cultural divide between, like let's say, East Africa, West Africa. Um, but do we have to go to East Africa to find authentic uh, Christian values? Do we have to go all the way to Uganda to find civilization, culture, and people who are reasonable, who understand how to protect children, how to uh, protect families, and what to do with mentally deranged people? Uh, Why are you gay? (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to get you to say it, that's all.
0: Well, that's a very good question. Of course, uh, I have been uh, asking myself a lot of these same questions. Uh, that we are now seeing rise to the surface. You know, what is happening to the world? What's happening to uh, the Christian world? What is happening to Christendom? Uh, the, the countries that are supposed to uh, stand with Christ. These countries that were for a long time defending the, uh, the you know, their Christian nations, their states from uh, insurgency of the Turks, the Muslims and caliphates and w- what have you. Um, It is tragic that in this day and age, in the 21st century, in this day and age, uh, that uh, a lot of the ground that was won is now being ceded to an ideology that is absolutely foreign to to Christian ideology. Um, And what is even more befuddling is that a lot of the ground uh, that was later converted uh, places like Africa, and I'm, I'm, I mean uh, sub-Saharan Africa. Of course, we know North Africa was always Christianized uh, from the first century. But sub-Saharan Africa uh, typically uh, enjoyed uh, its, its high, high times during the, uh, uh, during the presence of uh, Portuguese who came after, the English who came after, and the Irish who came after. And so these countries who are currently, as you've said, they're identified, you know, laughably as third world countries. But yet, for some reason, they seem very hell-bent, pardon my pun, uh, in keeping values that the West has largely thrown aside. It's very befuddling. Uh, what's mm-hmm. even more interesting is that you don't, you don't have anywhere else in the world where Muslims and Christians typically agree on social issues except on this one issue. And the fact that you can label an entire uh, country as dangerous or backwards because they're holding to something which 70 years ago, 80 years ago, the entire world was not necessarily opposed to. A lot of people did these things in secret, uh, so- uh, so- sodomy, aggravated homosexuality, all this was done in secret up until very recently. And so even in the West, where I was born and raised, in West uh, Africa, this is still the way of thinking. This is still the way of life. Uh, in northern Nigeria, for instance, unfortunately, they, they, they're happier bombing a lot of Christians. But in northern Nigeria, for instance, there are laws against uh, such uh, homosexuality. And in the South, even though there might not be necessarily laws against it, There's certainly laws on the books for aggravated homosexuality. And nobody there in their right mind argues against the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality. And uh, sometimes you might even meet street justice if such uh, an act is perpetuated in public. Or if you're found out and then run into the streets, you're not making it out of there into a police paddy wagon. There's no Jeez, way that's going to happen.
3: Yeah. Let me redirect back to you, tell you a quick story, and I want to get your reaction to this. When I was in Marine Corps training as a basic officer in Quantico, Virginia, we had a foreign exchange program. We had an officer from Uganda in our platoon. I lived in very close quarters with this man. Uh, he had, he had uh, been through conflict in his own nation as an enlisted man. Um, and and one of the one of the things that the, the American officers h- held against him, especially those who were literally his roommates, was that he had, he he just he would not wear deodorant. And when <laughs> we when you're living outside for a week, when you're sweating, when you're in close quarters, you're like, hey, dude, you know, you kind of smell, and it was a very pungent odor. But his response was, deodorant is for women. Deodorant is for women. He had such a strong sense of his own masculinity, of 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 uh, what what it meant to be a man, the difference between a man and a woman, male work versus female work. It was very jarring as a 22 year old coming out of graduate school, brand new second lieutenant in training, with this man who's like 40 and out hustling all of us, physical beast, right. This is a Ugandan exchange officer who went through Marine Corps basic officer school. And I just want to get your take on the idea of gender roles in Africa in general. I know Africa is a huge continent. I know there's an East West. But I I mean, I I just that story will stick with me for all time. We couldn't get the guy to wear deodorant because he thought that was gay. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't have what you call pockets of this thing going on in, uh, in Africa. We have entire uh, nations who hold these types of views. And it's not foreign to, uh, for me at least, to walk into a different country and to basically see them living uh, the same way uh, I'd be living in if I were in Nigeria. You know, nothing is really out of the ordinary when it comes to social norms when it comes to gender roles and, uh, and, and, and other things, even the way we educate our children, the way we talk to our children, the way we, uh, we command uh, respect of those in our household, uh, the way we, we uh, expect uh, that adults would speak to children if they were caught in the, uh, outside of their homes doing things they shouldn't do, the way uh, an adult would uh, silence uh, you know, someone speaking out of turn all these things exist and there is no uh, social ramification whatsoever in any context for adults who do uh, write by a child, right by their wife. Uh, you know, where in this world we would call it, you know, uh, misogyny uh, incorrectly, of course, uh, over there it's seen as, you know, par for the course. You know, this is exactly what needs to happen. And so it's no small wonder that a lot of these countries, are still uh, very masculine in, in, in nature. The effeminacy rate ra- uh, ratio is is uh, you know uh, maybe you know nine to one. Uh, sorry, the femininity ratio is one to nine, uh, basically. You know, and yeah. um, it, it's not something that uh, you you can basically if you're living in any country like that, you you're forced more or less to be, be become more manly, to become more virtuous in that. In that regard, so of course, you know,
3: <laughs> of course, <laughs> some people are the, the the chat's going a little wild with this. I, yeah. They they don't know why we're talking about body odor right now. Ryan, I want to kick it over to you real quick, uh, if I could. Uh, but I, I but I have to tell one more story. This is actually there was a Nigerian security guard in this in this building I used to work in when I was in the financial industry. I worked in the tallest building west of the Mississippi on the 65th floor, took three elevators to get up there. Your ears would pop. And in the lobby of the building, if, uh, after your first elevator from the, from the parking up to the lobby, there was always this large um, Nigerian man who was the security guard. And for the period of time that I worked in this building, he never knew anything about me. You know, We just would say things in passing, hello, how are you, You know, all this stuff. One day I brought my family into the building and at the time I had like two or three or four kids and uh, children, sorry, not kids. I don't like calling children kids. Um, And so I I had a bunch of children with me and he said, and this is again, this is one of those things where Africans just see things very clearly. He said, oh, you have so many children. I did not know you were a strong man. (laughs) And that was, that was his comment. And from that day forward, things were different when I walked onto the elevator in my you know, Wall Street suit and whatever and, uh, and would flash my badge and, and, and be able to go up the next two elevators to get to the 65th floor. From my office, I could see Santa Monica, from downtown Los Angeles to Santa Monica on a clear day. Ryan, the Ugandan law seems to me to make the most sense. We could never pass that law in the United States. We don't have the political will, nor do, the, nor do we have the political leaders. How do we protect our children and our families? Oh,
1: boy. A um, uh, bunch of pigs to feed them to, the wood chipper. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's going to come down to vigilante justice when it's all said and done. Like you said, we, we could not pass that law. We, we couldn't do it. Um, even if the law is strictly defined as you're not going to get the death penalty for homosexuality purely or for whatever, but purely for minors, for, for acts of assault on minors, you will get the death penalty, but they, they, they will be screaming in the streets. And as we just saw Ted Cruz, you know, the Republicans will be like, no, 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 we can't do that. That's, that's horrible. And so it, it, it would never happen. But what the trajectory we are on, especially as they try to normalize um, minor attracted persons, IE a pedophile um, i.e. somebody that, that should be put out of this world, frankly, if he's guilty and if not uh, exiled uh, to some island where he can't uh, find any victims. Really, truly speaking, um, this society is on a trajectory to normalize that behavior, just like the violent sexual society as you see depicted in the book of Genesis post-flood where everything really goes down. And you have, you're standing on the street corner is basically invitation enough to be violently raped by all, all the people in the town. That's what you see depicted in the book of Genesis. That is where we are going mm-hmm. as a society. And increasingly, you see uh, young, younger, oh, it's always younger people, always people who are, you know, either Ukrainian flags or rainbow flags or they're, they're LGBT, QWERTY, whatever, uh, in their bio. They're like, well, what's wrong if if an adult wants to have a, a loving, consensual relationship with a child and like, Uh, no, how about I, no, I can't do that. We'll get banned. Uh, (laughs) Pull my piece out. How about I rack the slide? And uh, actually mine's already been racked, but how about I, uh, you know, take aim. We'll just put, put this, you know, right thinking people 50 years ago would say, no, someone like that. You just put it down. You just get rid of them. They're going to come after your children. They are going to pursue your children. They will even use the power of the state to come
3: you. Yes, they will.
1: And all oh, that's what's gonna happen. Oh, you wouldn't let your your, your nine year old date this thirty year old that identifies as a ten year old or something like that and wants to have sex with them, which is funny. pre uh, prepubescent ten and ten year olds don't normally want to do that um, unless they've been exposed to some really gnarly crap. So, what, you know, you look. We're gonna take it away from you unless you consent to this and be like, uh, that. That's the response. That has to be the response universally uniformly and that's a great another reason why they're so big on gun control or why they want to get rid of your gun so you don't have the ability to do that so readily and but ultimately that's what it's going to come down to these creeps will go after your kids and basically it's going to have to go to vigilante justice and it's a horrible thing to contemplate but if there is some guy who's absolutely guilty it's like all right make you make your peace with god buddy because you're going in (laughs) (laughs) or uh, whatever other means i've got to dispose of you so nobody refines you I mean, that, that's unfortunately, that is the way it's going to have to go when that happens. If that happens, God forbid, that will have to be the necessary response.
3: You are watching The Rundown, broadcasting live here on the Restorative the Faith Media YouTube channel, simulcasting with our radio broadcasting partner, the Crusade Channel. I was, I was going to say, to say not for long is. as
1: YouTube's policies might <laughs> might identify that as hateful <laughs> speech directed against individuals.
3: TheCrusadeChannel.com is talk radio the way it should be, and if you go to CrusadeChannel.com Parrot right now, two R's and two T's, and you type in promo code Parrot, two R's and two T's, two R's and two T's sounds like Double Trouble, but it's not. Because unlike Double Trouble, I have a wife and children. Unlike Double Trouble, I'm not uh, out there fraudstering. You can actually get your entire year for free, ladies and gentlemen, your year for free. You can hear Ryan Grant's, you can hear myself every single day at 10 a.m central time parrot talk airs at 10 a.m central time did you you get a whole hour of uh well it's like rundown light because it's only one member of the rundown but maybe we'll have more rundown collaborations maybe we should bring the rundown onto the parrot talk uh thing and uh you, you can only get it at crusade channel.com slash parrot it's free the King Dude charges $150 a year for access to this thing. But you tonight, tonight only, for rundown listeners. You can go to crusadechannel.com slash parrot. Two R's two Ts. Promo code parrot. And it's free for a year. You can listen to Mike Church. Or sorry. Yeah, you can. The King Dude. He's on there. You can listen to uh he's got a morning show host he's got a political correspondent he's got a farm show on fridays he's got wisdom wednesday with uh with uh with all kinds of people so it's a great deal i mean zero is my favorite number when it comes to paying for stuff that's the last time i'm gonna plug that tonight gentlemen so thank zero you for bearing and just fyi
1: i have not worked out the details with the king dude yet yeah, uh, we missed catching up this week. We're gonna try to do that. But uh, I thought so, you guys
3: yeah. were talking today. I thought that was yeah. happening today. No, he didn't email me,
1: or if he did, it went to my spam folder. I should go check. But um, I was busy today, though. So, uh, but we'll get that. Have it'll make we'll make that happen. Hey, and if the divine Elon, as it were, he ships the Starlink to my house, I, I might be freer to do uh, more and more uh, confabs.
3: Man, that error non habus. Eos just says the TradPat episode was the best episode, well worth the zero (laughs) dollars. I'm going to text that to Trad Patrick after the end of this live broadcast here. crusadechannel.com slash parrot. Okay, guys, uh, let's get off the gay thing and let's get on to the other thing that, uh, well, is related to it. Building
5: cross-community solidarity and collective action to fight hate. This strategy includes over 100 bold and unprecedented actions that government agencies are going to take to counter anti-Semitism. And that includes calls for action for Congress, state and local governments, companies, technology platforms, civil society, and faith leaders, all of them to act, act. Silence is complicity. All of us must stand united to affirm that an attack on any one group of us is an attack on all of us.
3: Okay, serious question. Father Martin, serious question. If your United States government, the USSA, came to you and said, You will not criticize communism. You will not criticize the regime. You will not criticize Mao or Stalin. We are going to have uh, laws against anti-communism. You will not be critical of the regime. How would that in any way be different than what this man, fake Catholic usurper in chief Joe Biden is proposing with respect to our elder brothers in the faith? Here. I thought you were going to ask me a question about
2: Vatican II. <laughs> because I thought you were going to ask what happens when the bishops tell you, you cannot criticize Vatican II? that, uh, give, the elder brothers in the faith, all legitimacy in saying, oh, they can still be saved based on their old covenant. So effectively, according to Vatican II and the hierarchy today, uh, the old covenant is still valid for the elder brothers in the faith. The Novus Ordoism can help you get to heaven. So the the old covenant can help you get to heaven. The Novus Ordo can help you get to heaven. But the one thing that can't help you get to heaven is the thing in between, which is traditional Catholicism. So here I thought you were going to ask me about a question of Vatican II. What would I do if if Joe Biden ever came to me and said, hey, you can't criticize uh, this. That is false. And I'm like, well, I just do the same thing that I did to my own bishops and hierarchies. Listen, I will preach the truth. And I read the martyrology every day for the office of prime. And I read every day that someone's head was chopped off and by now, I mean, we're talking in like six, seven years now that I've, prayed, I've been praying the traditional bravery. I've just come to terms with the fact that I will most likely get a sword to my neck. When that happens, will, when that happens. And, you know, if, I, if, if that happens, if it's a martyrdom, that's a victory. Martyrdom yes. is a victory. There's, there's no purgatory for martyrdom. You go straight to heaven. Martyrdom is victory. So if I can get martyred legitimately, God be praised. Um, and so that's what, I, that's what I would say is uh, for preaching the truth. If that gets you martyrdom, you've won. It's a it's a victory. It's a grace from Almighty God. It's a, it's a gift to you. You'll wear that crown forever in heaven.
3: Um. Okay. Somebody is asking for this, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm not just I'm not just queuing this up. People, I, we showed fake Catholic Serpent Chief Joe Biden James. What we didn't show was that the 80 year old man took a stumble. Breaking here tonight on The Rundown, exclusive footage of what actually caused him to stumble. Oh, Wild as he fell, Twitter is saying that he broke his hip. Sometimes you can, you can figure out that you break your hip two, three days later once you're putting pressure on it, you don't immediately know it. What happens if he actually did break his hip as an old man and he's out? Is it Kamala then or is it JFK? What's going on there?
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um well if he broke
3: if he were to just break his hip is that is that it? <laughs> yeah, or you could just make fun of him for for tripping. I mean, I well, don't know. I mean, <laughs> just dunk on him. I mean, that's the question. Dunk on fake well, Kevin I, Silver, I, Joe Biden. I, I, no, um
0: I, you know the, the, the guy's becoming just you look at him fall you look at him stumble his words you look at him um, you know say the dumbest things and you just you just go yeah this guy is not really the president you know uh, there's somebody out there who is uh, you know behind the scenes uh, we don't have to name this person and his husband I mean wife but they're they're running things behind the scenes and um, how can you s- sit there? And go. This man is gonna garner uh, eighty plus million votes in two thousand and twenty-four. It's impossible. Nobody really believes that. You know, this guy is the the biggest um, flop there's been uh, since Big Mike. Okay, well, never mind. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, the, you know, it's it's just it, it's it's yeah. He's a laughingstock and. Stalk and it's, a, it's really unfortunate uh, that he's put himself in this position uh, His greed and avarice, everything he, he he holds dear is not with any Christian or, or American spirit, uh, so to speak. And so, um, you know, we're happily awaiting Kamala. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, ho- hopefully RFK has something to bring to, to the uh, discussion table. It looks like they're not going to let him speak at all. Um, during the uh, primary, they're going to freeze them out. Uh, but, um, you know, people are watching uh, Biden collapse and they're going, I'm not doing this. This is not for me. And so we're, we're thinking Michael, I mean, I keep doing this. We're thinking Michelle might run in. You really need to get that straight in your I know, mind. I know. Same. Straight. You're no pun making intended. Making
3: that same mistake. It's like yeah. a fixation, target fixation. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Ryan.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, <laughs> that
0: was
3: good. Ryan, uh, the the man who is supposed to win this election, uh, he's being propped up by by Fox News, etc., he has mannerisms that are exaggerated in exactly the same way that Hillary Clinton's mannerisms were exaggerated. Remember, everyone remembers when she saw the balloons come down and she was like, "Oh, whoa, whoa!" That was nice. How
0: much is that worth? <laughs> uh, we're your talking
3: about that? <laughs> Hold on. Oh my uh, goodness! Can we watch that uh, one more time?
1: That was nice. How much is that
0: worth? We're going your that has, to be, that has to be CGI, right? Really? I don't
3: know what that is. That is the, that is the most <laughs> absurd retail politics I've ever seen. I've heard that this man has no energy when he walks into a room. I've heard that his retail politics are really, uh, are really bad. He, he's the one who's going to save us, though, because he sends onesies to homos who adopt children, right?
1: Darn it. I don't have the Jeb Bush, please clap video. <laughs> yeah, well, as I always say, uh, you know, politics is show business for ugly people. And um it, it is it is very much show business. And you're getting the various people put in a position. Well here's something uh James's uh discourse just a minute ago would be enough to get this channel another strike. Except no, because YouTube just finally lifted that policy that uh treats election misinformation like uh,
3: but we, we're not going to test that tonight, are we? We're not going to test that. Well, James already did.
0: <laughs> but, um, oh, I well, hey, I was very careful. I just said a
3: man like that, you know, in the future, not
0: Garner. right? Exactly.
3: He was right. saying in a, in a future hypothetical world, we don't know right. if Joe Biden would run from the basement and get, get 85 million votes in yeah. the future,
1: right? Hopefully, right. passes the censors if they're still running. Yeah, we're not going to, I'm not going to go test that. But, the, interestingly,
3: I love that. I love that. I just we had to see Louis Farrakhan play the violin for a second Me to uh, to bail us out of that. Ryan, go.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, but it's interesting that they make that policy change, which we're not talking about, um, because get you know we're coming into the next election, not selection, and uh, we we've talked before. It almost looks like that they're they're moving Trump into a position. <coughs> Pardon to take you know to, to win in in order to get to the you know what for whatever purposes that's going to give them but the fact that he's on cnn and cnn allows that to happen and they allow him to do all this stuff all of a sudden right. Right. and he energizing gets clapped and even anderson cooper's like yeah he handed us her butt man he, he did a great job right well yeah. i mean it, and of course then they lift this policy coming into the primary
3: Hey, that's a good point, Ryan. Into
1: uh, now the campaigning season, as it were, they're lifting all of these things, and it was like, hmm, why? Yeah, why did they let make that policy change? You know, probably because that's going to be the topic du jour of uh, you know, and you have Trump declaring that he's going to do ballot harvesting like it's never been done before. We're going to beat the Dems at their own game now, and and of course now that'll be an issue. You know, uh, forty thousand will be the next documentary from uh, you know whatever. From Michael Moore or something like that. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I see it going as we get in the campaign thing. And so DeSantis, you know, it's like, why is he run all the political chips uh, if everything's the way it's supposed to be, which I don't believe it is. But just just speaking objectively outside of my own view of it, if you just sit there looking in, in terms of his his chances, of winning, they're very low to Trump is the one who energizes the base in spite of the fact that he sold LGBTQ merchandise on, on Trump.com or, or whatever on the Trump campaign, that he has LGBTQ for Trump, that Donald Trump Jr. is coming out there. Don't boycott Anheuser-Busch. Don't boycott Target. Boycotts are bad for the economy. And, um, and Jared Kushner is a servant of the merchants and uh, um, you know his son-in-law. And there's actually a long history of Trump in the Kushner family going way back, by the way. Um, in spite of all that, Trump energized the base in spite of the manifest failure with uh, the other things that we won't talk about, um, you know, that uh, the speed like warp they uh, the, the base is still there. What does DeSantis have? You know, he's got popularity in Florida because of various, you know, the statements he makes fighting Disney, this or that bill, the, the as it were, the, the alleged don't say gay bill, the uh, don't kindergarten teachers start introducing sex to my kids bill, if you will. Um it's a, uh, you know, that's that's the base. And outside of that, it's like, you know, people might like him generally or in some respect. He doesn't have that energy behind him. Trump's the one that's got the energy behind him. Again, you know, you know this is just speaking objectively outside of my own particular views of these people or these things. I don't like Trump. I don't like these things. But that's the reality. You know, the the, Macron, the Republicans, they still get energy in Trump. He's a personality he can walk into a room and it, the present it's just like an acting it's in theater. when do you see a great actor uh, when he walks into the room and his presence commands the scene whether it's on stage or in film um, you think of someone like whose own personal life and behavior nobody cared about Ian McClellan play Gandalf right nobody really cared about that and they could still enjoy Lord of the Rings except for book nerds like me that hated the, the old ones but he could command the room and he was a fantastic actor, whatever about his actual life. And so people enjoyed that and say, yeah, we don't care about that. Um, that's the power that somebody who's good to play the crowd, who commands the room can do when he when he walks in. DeSantis can't command the room. DeSantis Correct. can say some funny things. He can turn a joke here and there. He can't command a room like Trump can. I mean, who, who even knows what a debate would look like? That would be kind of interesting. I mean well, it,
3: it appears that they're not going to engage in a debate. It appears that Trump has said that he will not uh, debate this time around. Biden will not debate this time around. So it appears that we may see primary season without the sort of like uh, grand uh, uh, exposition uh, of the actors uh, who, are, who are running these things. I think Ryan makes a good point that the selection process for Trump is 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 well underway. There has to be a credible threat from the right. That is DeSantis. He's playing the role quite well. Um, there has to be a media which is an, anti uh, with antipathy for Trump. They're they're playing the role quite well. Uh, but if I had to predict today, on the second day of the sixth month of the year of our Lord 2023, I would say Donald J. Trump will be the 47th president of these united states the ussa now let's talk debt ceiling real quick gentlemen like lightning round on it 30 seconds or less uh debt ceiling was raised and it was punted until after the presidential election uh so we're not going to talk about debt anymore james uh the federal reserve can, can go on with its with uh its activities the usury economy continues unabated And uh, we can borrow more money until 2025 after the selection of the president of the United States, the alleged leader of the so-called free world. Um, Kevin McCarthy reached across the aisle. He obtained Democrat support to overcome the objection of one or two or three uh, uh, supposed conservatives in the Congress to get this deal done. Defense spending uh, can 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 rise. Supposedly, there's a 10-year cap on uh, discretionary spending, but as we all know, 77% of the federal deficit is spent just in paying interest on existing debt and/or transfer payments for things like Social Security, which no one has the testicular fortitude to address. The usury account-
6: can you characterize everything that the Fed has done this past week? As essentially flooding the system with money?
3: Yes, exactly.
6: And there's no end to your ability to do
3: that? There is no end to our ability to do that. Is the Fed? Amen. James, uh, the usury economy continues unabated. During Pride Month, usury and sodomy continue unabated, unopposed in these United States, the USSA. You are digitally muted on the streamyard but I want to hear your thoughts on the usury economy unopposed.
0: Yeah, we're, we are supposed to be uh, getting to, to a point now where inflation should be uh, so catastrophic that people are uh, encumbered from doing things they normally would do. But, but yet again, we're kicking the can down the road till after elections. And this is so frustrating because normal Americans want to know exactly what's coming down the pike, but they, they make it just virtually impossible for regular Americans to actually have a say in anything that's going on. Um, this would be something that would have been good to energize Americans on. But then again, you know, I don't know. You know, um, we've been talking about this whole, Ron Paul's been talking about this debt selling problem for close, to at least since I've been paying attention for close to a decade now. And uh, we keep kicking this can down the road. We keep raising the debt ceiling and we keep... uh,
1: Did uh, they got him?
3: It looks like the usury economy uh, took over James's computer. It's totally racist. It's totally racist.
2: Absolutely racist.
3: Father Martin, Dante places the usurers and the sodomites in the same layer of hell. They both have the stench in uh, uh, Middle uh, uh, middle Italian, um, in Dante's Inferno. This also is supported by uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, who more or less says that uh, usury and sodomy have a link to each other. In the case of the usurer, the usurer is attempting to take something sterile, i.e. money, and make it reproduce, make it abundant. The sodomite is taking something that is abundant, that uh, that that reproduces, and turn it sterile. Both of which are uh, eating away at society. That's the root word of usury: eating away at something. Um, and those two things are in abundance today. In June, the alleged Pride Month, not only is usury in, uh, uh, unabated, but so is sodomy. The same people who are the primary usurers, the banksters, those who are not allowed to be named anymore by 100 federal agencies, are also the prime promoters of sodomy. Why can't we name them?
2: There, There's a meme that's going around saying, you know, if you want to know who who controls you, just ask who you can't criticize. And, and that's the reality is a lot of people want to be so ecumenical and um, gracious to those who apparently have suffered so much in history that you can't ever criticize them as if nobody else has, has ever suffered anything in, in the past as well. I mean, um, you can look at any, any history of a nation, any history of a, of a certain group of people, um, and you see suffering, you see genocide even. Um, but none of that really really matters except for this this one particular group and it's un, it's unjust they they have a certain um privilege in society that nobody else is even able to criticize and it's unjust that as i said every nation has, has gone through its suffering every nation then and, and once that doesn't exclude them with their thousands of years of history sure they've suffered something right but uh it doesn't make them greater than anybody else and once that's that's that is a definition of racism when you take a race and make it better than everybody else and the inability to criticize that particular group of people make makes it racist because they have a privilege that no other race on the entire planet has and giving them that privilege uh, is, is, a, is a racist act because it makes every other race whether it be Mexican, Spanish, Irish, Italian, whatever, uh, Nigerian, Ugandan, Tanzanian, makes all those other races races that have had legitimate sufferings um, in their history, it makes them less than this one particular act within the the 20th century.
5: That Catholic faith and Jewish power are like the two pans of a pair of scales. As Catholic faith goes up, Jewish power goes down, As Catholic faith goes down, Jewish power goes up. Because the Jews have always been, from the time that they crucified our Lord Jesus Christ, they have always been enemies of of the Catholic
3: Church. Ryan, we got the debt deal done. The United States government can borrow as much as it wants. Hooray for usury. Ryan is muted.
1: My bad. The worst part about it all is this that the, the, the debt ceiling only concerns federal spending and the, the, for the current year's spending, because they gotta keep spending and the money just keeps coming and it's all you know debt floated, you know, mostly the Federal Reserve actually buying and commissioning so many more bills to be printed by the Mint. And then also the foreign governments buy up and so many different things. So when they come to a debt ceiling compromise as it were, um, you know, I, I don't have the video right now. I gotta get it queued up for next week. The 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 parody of the guy who wants his debt ceiling raised and everything. <laughs> like, oh, you got kids, so this daughter's like signing away the future, right? So he can have you know an increase in his credit from the bank and all this business, right? Well, I mean, that, that's that's just the federal law, but still does not even account for the national debt, the the over the trillions upon trillions. And I saw a comment earlier. And this to tie into my my final point on this. I think it was from Mark Becker that well, when you get to 34 trillion, it's all done, guys. It's all going to collapse. I'm not so sure because I remember when they said when it gets to 12 trillion, it's all going down. People thought for sure the dollar was done in 2010, 2012, 2015. Here we are, nearly ten years later, and it's, it's the dollar's still going, dying a slow death, as it were. But where that point is, I don't know if you can fix a number two, But it is the trajectory. It is not just for the dollars; for all governments, for, for the Chinese yuan, for um, you know all these different currencies. Do you think the BRICS is going to save you? No. All those countries are devaluing their currency too. It's a race to devaluation because to, to meet you know the, the demand for their exports and balance their trade receipts and whatever things that they get from that. Uh, going from country to country, but also because once all currencies are devalued, and this is why all the monetary policy uh, appointees, theorists, economists are pushing governments in that direction because they're paid to because that's what all the think tanks are saying that are above them, that they're a part of. And the think tanks are saying that above them because they're funded by oh, wait, I can't say that name, even though I'm Jewish, I can't say that name. Um, <clears throat> And what happens when all the currencies is devalued? Hey, look, we got this brand new digital dollar with, you know, with a central bank digital currency that you can get onto. And, um, you know, it, it, it's like you don't even need local banks anymore. All banks are the same thing. I mean, that's the way it functions now, but you still have steps in between. We're going to get rid of all the steps in between. Yeah. The Fed creates the currency, determines how the currency is used in real time. That's what it will become. They won't say that at first you know they'll lay off at first and then they'll find that your test case is like oh look we debanked a bunch of neo-nazis things they know most people will get behind and not have a problem with hey we debunked these crazy people believe this or then these people are guilty of terrorist acts the next thing you know it's like hey being a catholic means you can't bank and you can't use the currency we're just gonna shut off the currency it's not even debanking you it is we just shut off all the currency you hold
3: so it won't work that is the ultimate means of control. It's coming soon to a central bank near you. Let's go to the international stage Wait, for a minute. Gentlemen.
1: He was a, uh, abruptly uh, cut off by the system. He
3: was, he was abruptly cut yeah, off, right. and he's going to jump in on Lindsey Graham, who okay. went overseas, sat in front of Zelensky, and said the best money we ever spent was killing Russians, using you as pawns. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's so the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now James, imagine being so gay, literally homosexual, taking it in the bum as Lindsey Graham sitting in front of a world leader and saying, hey, thank you for sacrificing your men. We bankrolled it, your blood and our money combined. Uh, Similar to how sodomites combine feces and blood. Uh, thanks to your dead bodies and our money, we killed some Russians. Best money we ever spent. How about talk about the ROI on that? What kind of bestial monster would say such a thing? Well, uh, Lindsey Graham 2.0
0: never stayed at 2.0 for, for, for too long. He reverted back to, the you know, Lindsey Graham with the spirit of John McCain times 50 and Beelzebub times 100. Um, (laughs) He he is uh, out of control. And, uh, you know, it's not completely outrageous because he said a lot more outrageous things in the past. But uh, this is par for the course. This is who he is, uh, Neocon extraordinaire. And um, anything else that people try to sell to you is absolutely uh, untrue. This is Lindsey Graham in his truest, truest, uh, and fullest form. Uh, it's unfortunate that we are uh, pandering still. Rep- Republicans, and I don't mean to say we, but it's, it's so. It's unfortunate that the right, so-called right, is still pandering to Zelensky and uh, the the proxy war that's going on there. Of course, how proxy is it when there are civilians that are dead on both sides? And there's no resolve in sight except to keep on pushing uh, Russia until Russia truly unloads on not just Ukraine, but uh, uh, the rest of the world. Uh, these people, I'm sure, already have bunkers very well uh, furnished for themselves and their friends and are hoping that this war comes to uh, its its end uh, very quickly with escalation uh, that could basically uh make hiroshima and nagasaki look like uh just a field w- a work day in the park you know so i'm not sure exactly what lindsey graham hopes to get out of this except to to show uh to show people in ukraine to show the Hurricane, to to show uh the new world order that uh we are still on course for this uh world war that's coming and yeah. uh yeah, this is a show of hands for saying, all you know, we're here, we're present, we're ready to to, to carry on.
3: Father Martin, the firebombing of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki was exceptionally uh, effective. Uh, those cities looked exactly like the firebombing of Tokyo and Hamburg and other places. Um, Lindsey Graham represents the boomer conservatives in the United States of America, the uh, alleged uh mcdonald's diplomacy which says that no nation with a mcdonald's has ever attacked the united states it believes that democracy can be spread by the sword that our ideology our freemasonic government can be imposed upon people and that globalization and economic ties will prevent war we have globalization and economic ties to china most catholics buy cheap made in china breakable bs items. Most Catholics will even go on to Amazon.com and buy those things on a Sunday. Most Catholics have no qualms with hiring illegal aliens uh, to come to their house, uh, let's say, and paint their house rather than hiring their local parishioner. Most Catholics have no qualms whatsoever with uh, basically LARPing and pretending to be noble and participating in an economic class to which they don't actually belong. They believe this falsely to be the, uh, the, the, the virtue of nobility, uh, whereas uh, actual nobles um, have a certain pedigree and are born into it. Most Catholics have absolutely no problem with the globalized economy that Lindsey Graham represents. Most Catholics have no problem with the United States of America, the USSA, uh, bombing people around the world um including droning united states citizens without due process where i mean how can we get to a place where catholics in the united states of america have some sense of the common good of uh of of catholic economics of true justice of true diplomacy and of national sovereignty question. It is a big question.
2: It is a big question. I think because even traditional Catholicism doesn't emphasize the value and the virtue of evangelical poverty. That although it's not a commandment, the evangelical councils are not commandments of poverty, chastity, and obedience. They are councils, and that our Lord still counsels them, saying, "If you can do." But, as you said, as a prelude to your question, Catholics today try to demonstrate their commitment to Catholicism or their con- commitment to principles, Catholic principles, by participated by participating in an economic nobility class. I mean nobility and class are two contradictory terms as we explained last week um but nevertheless they try to demonstrate their Catholicism by by showing their money whether it be in in who they hire what they have the 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 quality of their house or something like that they they try to demonstrate their Catholicism through the economy rather than by the extent to which, they surpass the commandments to live the the councils, the evangelical councils. And so, paradoxically, as even G.K. Chesterton mastered in his his writings, uh, the real Catholics would rather demonstrate their Catholicism by being more poor, not by spending their money to have nice things and and being a, a social networker and all that kind of stuff. But... It's a co- it's a contradiction, especially for our society today. If you the more Catholic you become, the more you live the councils, the less society will see you as one of them, and your network will shrink. The people that you're around will shrink. The people that uh, um, idolize you will, will the number will diminish, and and you won't be acceptable in the world anymore. And so I think this this particular evangelical council, the, the Council of Poverty, is one thing that a lot of traditional Catholics themselves find extremely hard to accept. And they won't go beyond the commandments, and they won't accept the evangelical councils. I mean, the evangelical councils, in a sense, they're for everyone. They're for everyone, according to your state in life. But there's no requirement that in your state of life that you live in a million-dollar house. There's no requirement of one state in life that um, you own a Mercedes. There isn't. No, 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 no evangelical requirement, no commandment that says you have to own a Mercedes. If you own a Mercedes, I'll be honest, you'll have to answer to Almighty God for it. If if you had an ex- extremely amount of surplus that you could do all sorts of That's evangelical you, works.
1: <laughs> what's up? I have a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, but it's a fantastic van for carting uh, a lot of kids around. But I got it used; I didn't. But buy it
2: but anymore. see, and that and that's it. There's so circumstances. It's used. It's for a purpose for your children. All the kind of, I'm talking about like a, a you know. A two, talking a, about a, a, a I'm talking about like a <laughs> two seater with with the fancy GPS. Yeah. I'm talking about something that's like ninety thousand dollars, and for you and for one other person. Okay, you know. Um, I know there's like the Mercedes-Benz Sprinters and all that kind of stuff that are actually have a have a practical purpose. And even even in Europe, even in Europe, the Mercedes-Benz are are, are the typical cars. Like they're they're not what Mercedes-Benz are here in the United States. You know, it, it's I mean, I, I was I was in a Mercedes-Benz when I was living in Italy, and it was it was no fancier than a Ford Focus here in mm-hmm. the United States. Right. You know, so it's it's not just I'm, I'm out of the brand. I'm speaking particularly to our I know. I just you know, in the United it's States. Awesome. No, but no, it's true. You bring up a good point. Uh, but but that, but that's the reality is. I'm talking about the evangelical Council of if we want to be Catholics, if we want to be if we want to get to heaven, we really have to consider what the gospels say. If, if, if we're not asking ourselves in our daily examination of conscience, if you're not making one daily, you should um, of how be- better I can live live the gospels and, and poverty isn't something on, on your mind saying you know how, how can I really detach myself from the material things in this world? Um, to better follow our Lord Jesus Christ, you're you're doing things wrong. But as Mike, you know, pointed out to uh leading up to his question, there are those who think that being Catholic is just being the social networker of, of having all these connections with all these other rich people and all that kind of stuff, the, the country club classics as I call them. Um, which is true. And 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 a lot of us can in one way or whatever be sucked into that vortex, no pun intended, um, of just wanting to hang around rich people and and do good work. And I uh, think that we're that we're being good Catholics just because we're hanging around a bunch of rich people. It's not true. On the, on the contrary, we ought to be looking at how how better we can live evangelical poverty.
3: <laughs> I was trying any- to type something pithy in the chat when, when you ended your when you abruptly landed your plane. Uh, you actually kept to the lightning round, uh, Father, and I, I, I so much appreciate that. Um, okay, let's go to let's go to one final, I guess, topic before we get to the main part of the show, which is everybody waits for the grifting segment. Everybody is here for the unpopular opinion segment, which I will win this week, um, because I have the most unpopular opinion. But England is a nation which has become a self-hating nation. It hates itself. The United Kingdom is now anti-white. It hates itself. But it also hates traditional means of self-protection against these terrible white people. And so it is now pushing the agenda of, well, protecting yourself via live livestream.
5: What? Nothing. I can stand there. Yes. Yeah. I can stand there if I like. Did you just take a photograph of me? Did you just photograph me? Hmm? What that's assault. Yeah. Yeah, photographing me without my permission, yeah. It's assault. Do you understand that? Give it
4: here. Your phone, give it to me.
5: Give me your phone. I write. I'm deleting it.
2: I'm deleting your assault. Do you understand?
5: Yeah? You invaded my personal space. Right. And I'm deleting your assault. Okay. Are you serious. Are you serious? Huh? Are you filming me? No. Oh well then what's this? What's that if it's
0: not filming me?
3: It's Facebook Live. <sighs> Did you... You're live on Facebook right now. I've got you too. Me too. Me too. Our next stop is Norbridge if anyone's
2: interested. Anyone watching, I mean. And if there are any police in
3: the area, that would be lovely.
4: right-hand side please mind the gap when leaving the train this is the westbound line train to mayfield
3: so this is extremely realistic uh the scenario uh as it plays out a white person assaulting a black woman and the heroes uh, the heroines are all women uh an asian woman and a white woman and a black woman they're all the heroes and the white man is the villain uh, the crime statistics around the world would support that uh, as being, uh, the absolute, uh, you know, very realistic scenario. Um, England is committing slow motion suicide. Um, as we watch it as is most of Europe, you know, they called uh, Ryan, you know, they refer to world war one as the suicide of Europe. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's when they like took the poison pill But it's taking a couple generations for the pill to matriculate to all the cells of the body and to uh, and to take effect. Uh, But we are um, we're just a few years behind the suicide of Europe. And, um, you know, I find that this this scenario to be uh, extremely accurate, realistic and believable. Um, So I think everybody needs to resort to live streaming crimes um, as the primary means of self-protection.
1: Right. Instead of, um, you know, the, the, they depict several men just sitting there while well, this guy is being a jack wagon and, and, and seriously threatening the personal space of a woman there. But th- and then you have the propaganda value of it all. Look at this. There's a white British national being a jack wagon, being a sexual predator and, uh, you know, and, and, and everything. And uh, which, yeah, like you said, statistically, I mean, white people commit crimes. A hundred percent, but statistically that's not the way it usually works, but they, you know, they want to make it, you see the, the spaces on Twitter and with, with the activists, uh, the Woko Haram, as it were, um, you know, the, the, these types of, you know, activists that you go crazy, at, whiteness is a crime. Whiteness is the, the worst horrible thing that could possibly be. And it's like, but the greater percentage of crimes aren't being committed by white. And then there's lots of reasons for that too. And usually it's much more a question of poverty and economics and, and culture than it is per se of race. But, you know, it, it's um, it becomes this problematic thing. You sit there and you, there's so many different threads to disambiguate disambig- to try to get to the solution of the problem. And by the time you even do that, whiteness is the problem. Whiteness is crime and colonialism. It's that Marxist dialectic coming in. And it, it, like I said, in the 90s, I don't know if anyone remembers TV in the 80s and 90s, but black people were on tv black people were doing fantastic stuff on tv um you had so much inclusion really racism as as it were was a thing that nobody you know accepted yeah i mean it existed but it was so much on the decline nobody cared about it nobody accepted it and you look at uh, culture and and art as a kind of a what's the word like thermometer like a uh you know, a measurement of where the culture is at. Nobody cared. But then the media picks it up. The race rhetoric starts picking up gradually in the, you know, with Obama becoming president, gradually starts picking up going into then 2016, everyone goes nuts. And racism is like the huge Marxist dialectic now trying to divide everybody in every possible way. And whiteness is now the enemy. And it's like in a human situation, I would have, I mean, I would
3: have gone to deck that little creep,
1: you know, for trying to, you know, right. Being, right. Basically right. being like that, but
3: if you that, sit, that a... actually is like a realistic part of the scenario, though, Ryan. Like no. you, you, see, most men are powerless; they do nothing. We show all these videos on the rundown all the time: people mm-hmm. assaulting churches, desecrating altars, etc. The men do nothing about it. They no, just we're, we're all, you
1: know, we're filming it, but we're not doing anything to stop it. And that's the the, the crazy thing. They even did an experiment where um, they would have like a child walking and uh, somebody would come and grab the child and run. And it was, it was staged, no ch- actual child got hurt. And people just kind of stood there and continued uh, back on their fondle slabs. And then you had to even, where some people were like filming the abduction, but they didn't do anything. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, what it makes me think of is like in, um, what's that, it was a, no, no, it's not Vern. Uh, who is it? That um, Wells, Time Machine. And what's humanity like in the future, like, you know, 30,000 years in the future? Well, humanity is like, like mild, tame animals, and if somebody falls in the river, nobody does anything. Nobody even notices. It's the guy from 1890 that jumps in and saves the girl, and she's not, she doesn't understand it. She has no framework to understand why you would do that. Because everyone's just completely, you know, <clears throat> a tame animal with no sense and community and what have you. And uh, the way in which the technology has been engineered, it's creating that same type of effect. Because technology is not in itself evil, but it's creating that effect. And now you know, we're going to film crimes. We're not going to try to stop them. And we're going to bring in the government, Big Brother. He'll come in and, and, and stop it. Um, and, and when you get down to it too So the cops are going to be there The cops are going to take their time to come to the train Because this guy's acting like a dickwad um, or, or what other kind of bad language Can I use for this guy It's not completely over you know, the top um, You know he's being a wagon, And human beings should be able to stop that Without bringing in the government To stop that
3: What's, what's so remarkable here Father Martin Is that the most potent tool that is imaginable in the mind of a modern of the modern man is to be humiliated online, it is to use Facebook Live as a tool, as a connection point between Facebook Live and the government. But to but to use social media as a means to an end, as part of cancel culture. Now, I I personally have lived through this, you've lived through this. Christine Niles tried to use social media, ultimately, and the power of government to cancel me. She called multiple law enforcement agencies to try to get me arrested. She wanted my children to be fatherless, just like her children are fatherless. She tried to get the government to enforce the LGBT agenda on me. Um, And that is the most potent weapon that modern man can conceive is becoming unpopular, is becoming canceled is becoming skylighted or doxxed or blackmailed or hacked or whatever, which all happened to me from Church Militant. Christine Niles was behind that. And she did those similar things to you. But as we consider like how like modern man works, the worst possible punishment in the USSA, in our narcissistic, homo-narcissist culture, is to be despised by our fellow people. You know... In Pride Month, I think Humility Month is a great idea. You can go to humilityofheart.com and buy the Mike Church um, sort of set of things, the Litany of Humility, Humility of Heart the Book, um, taking back our culture. But Father, I mean, what does it say about a people where the worst possible thing you can imagine is to be live-streamed and despised by our fellow people? I mean, like... The the, the 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 Gestapo, the russians the, the 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 Nazis, like everybody would laugh at that as being an actual punishment, but we we view that as the worst possible outcome. Well, major,
2: you fought in uh, at least two different wars. You know that uh, when you're trying to attack your enemy. You have to consider the, what your enemy is capable of, what your enemy thinks you're capable of, what they're expecting from you. You have to consider all of these factors in your attack and maybe launch some disinformation or whatever to get them confused so that when you launch your attack, they're not exactly expecting what you've got. you know so there's a, there's a the whole lot of uh, mind games that go into the situation into the battle. Before the battle actually occurs, I think one thing that a lot of, as I was explaining before, a lot of Catholics don't ex- expect, and the, the biggest weapons that we have, are, are twofold, and they're weapons of mass destruction, so to speak, and that there's nothing that they could do ever against it, and it's one thing that they can never defeat, and therefore the most, the two most powerful weapons a true Catholic, uh, a true saint can have. They're the the weapons of mass destruction of humility and poverty. Humility, why? Because when your name is is uh, destroyed online, when there's articles published by Nat- National Catholic Register and Catholic news agency um, about you because of the lies that Church Militant has, has said about you, all this kind of stuff, humility gets you right through that. It, it's almost like a shield that uh, protects you from all of the missiles that launched at you. Once they've lost, launched all the missiles at you, and you've survived it because of your sh- the shield of humility. Well, guess who's at the end of the day standing up strong after the other the enemy have have given their best shot. Poverty, why? Because you understand that all your money ultimately was given given to you by Almighty God. That your talents and everything else were given to you by Almighty God, to be used according to His purposes and His design. And even when you're a father of a family. Uh, one understands that the real true father of your family is uh, is the father, the heavenly Father, Almighty God. He's the one that's truly providing for you through which you you provide for your family. Uh, all, all, all of your all of your providing for your family is 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 a direct consequence of God's divine providence. And so when one has poverty and humility as virtues, then someone like Christine Niles can do nothing nothing against you because you ultimately k- keep a peace that this world cannot give and this world cannot understand. And so with all of that, it's... it's uh, w- w- I, I, Between this rundown and, and other things that I, I've watched earlier in the day, I can't remember. It, it, there really is a... There really, there really is a true piece that a, a Christian gonna have that the world cannot understand and ultimately I, I mean w- w- one of the reasons why I do the rundown every week is precisely for that I mean I think one of our goals on the rundown is provi- precisely to provide this kind of information and this hope to people that are that are watching is that uh, what makes us different than the Fox News or the CNN is, is that they'll just they'll just shoot you information and just say good luck at the end of the day but for us our our, our hope is to to filter out a lot of the information that comes out. Um, throughout the week, um, filtering it to tell you what what is important for for the Catholic to understand and to prepare for, but then also how to prepare for it. Um, And so I think the important aspect of this question um, for people to understand is that more and more, I think today, when people are going to attack us for our our Catholic faith, uh, the two virtues very necessary are both humility and poverty. Humility, because when people attack your name and destroy your reputation, all that kind of stuff, you have to stand strong. You have to understand that you're an instrument of our Lord. Um, that he's he's gonna be he's gonna try to make you a testimony of a true Catholic, as many of the martyrs um, are are true testimonies. And you have to have the virtue of poverty. It's like you can't be attached to your money. You can't be attached to your your class, so to speak, your economic class. Um, because you're not here to be a middle-class american citizen that's that's not the purpose of your life Your, your purpose the purpose of your life is to be a saint and your money isn't completely necessary yes providing for your family making sure they eat food yes um but i think that there's so much in american life where we we spend on luxuries on our on our cell phones uh on the the brand of our clothes on the brand of our cars on the luxuries that we do on the weekends, all the kind of stuff that really aren't unnecessary. Yeah, they're they're hard to get rid of or hard to detach ourselves from, but they're not necessary. Not unnecessary. And so uh there is a lot from our American way of life that a true Catholic needs to detach themselves from and, and to get ready for the the battle to to get to heaven. But that's ultimately how I'd answer this question is, is simply uh these two virtues poverty and humility.
3: I want to ask the same question of, of James. Um, what does it say about a culture in which the worst thing that you can imagine is being canceled or being doxxed or being portrayed online as being, you know, uh, uh, against the common orthodoxy of the, of the left or whatever it is? What does it say where, you know, the most potent weapon, it's not personal violence. It's not self-defense. It's not even really the the lethal force of government. It's it's the dread. Of being live streamed on facebook what does it say about us james you're muted by the way that's a very good
0: question um it's easy to look at this problem uh and diagnose it as a problem that is in uh that that has uh enveloped a lot of western countries and these countries have been comfortable for too long they've been so comfortable that they have lost the idea of what it means to have a daily struggle, a daily grind. You know, prayer is at, an, I'm sure, at an all-time low. Um, we're so used to uh, the ease of life that we no longer want any discomfort. And so uh, people are hard-pressed to, 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 to basically practice those tenets of, uh, of, of virtue because it requires something from them and anything that requires something from somebody becomes an, immediately a, th- a a threat uh to, to that person you know and this is really unfortunate you know i i remember a time when uh not so long ago but and i hate having to go back to uh to africa but uh you'd go out in the middle of the morning uh or rather early in the morning without a cell phone or whatever probably take the public transportation um and you'd be gone all day. You'd be in the throngs of uh, millions of people on the streets of a uh, very popular, uh, sorry, very populated uh, downtown street. At any moment you can get grabbed, you can get taken. But yet you got out of bed each day, you said your prayers, and you went into public transportation and you did your duty on a daily basis. Children, fathers, you know, uh, they had this daily grind and um, you come back home from school. On your way home, you know your mother hasn't heard from you all day long. Your dad hasn't heard from you all day long, uh, but yet, you know they they must continue to 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 go on. And eventually, you arrive home, and then there's a sort of sigh of relief from everybody. It's silent. It's a silent sigh of relief that you're back home. You know, and uh, now we are so disconnected from that reality that was. We're so disconnected from that, and everything is instantaneous. And this uh, craze of everything instantaneous has robbed robbed us of any uh, strife within the human soul. You know, uh, people no longer want to um, do what it takes in order to see something good uh, triumph or to risk something bad happen to them so that that good actually uh, is promoted or or, uh, sees victory. You know, and so we're living a very effeminate society today and and we're without uh, the wherewithal to actually live virtuous lives because we've been so comfortable for for so long. And now it's showing, you know, the the West is in decline and places that are considered third world countries are still places where, like I said, you try some of this, uh, some of these antics on the streets of any third world country and you're not making it half a block uh, without a throng of people accosting you and giving you your own due diligence.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Ryan, um, you're close uh, as anyone to Father Ripperger, and I'm not invoking his name necessarily for gravitas or anything like that. But one of the things that he is very famous for is psychology, his study of psychology. He's written about psychology. In your view, um, what does it say about modern man when the worst punishment that he can imagine is to be despised by his fellow countrymen?
1: Well, there's there's two sides to it. On the one hand, man's a social creature. Man, you know, needs you need a certain amount of affirmation. You need a certain amount of uh, positive interaction everybody hates you there there's the sense of being alone in a crowd and loneliness and it can can cause the same effects of loneliness that you see in uh, some guy who lives in a cabin is not ready for a solitary life goes insane because humans are social creatures by nature and the refusal of any kind of social communion is tough but you'll still find it though and so there's a certain level where you gotta you know you gotta man up you gotta be tough and so you look at like say a social space you look at twitter for example Facebook, Fedbook, or whatever, um, and people come after you on Twitter. Guess what? It's going to happen. It's the internet. There's always going to be someone has to come after you. You got to be thick-skinned. Um, I had a, a um, really nutty set of ecantus come and tell me, and I, and I say that to differentiate from other set of ecantus that I count as my friends. Uh, nutty set of ecantus come and, and say that my wife is in hell. And it, which comes to the fact he's no concept of what ecclesiology is. Only his little Peter brother diamond following is the true church. And so, therefore, everyone else is damned. I turned it into a joke. I could have gotten upset about it. I could have really gone after them. Nah, I just either you know, This guy's so deluded. And you know, I already know. So, I'm not worried about it. And, but that type of thing, I mean, it is hurtful. It's meant to be hurtful, by the way. And, and you got to deal with the fact there are broken people that are going to hurt you. And so, in the wider context, Everyone can, well, I mean, there's part of me, it's like, hey, Facebook Live me whenever you want and I'll give you a 30 minute discourse on the the war of Spanish succession if you want. Um, (laughs) We want to really get in and make it fun. But no, there is a sense you do want to be liked by your countrymen normally in a normal habit of life. And when you're trying to cancel every one of your countrymen for deviating from the norm, what that suggests is mass mental illness. On the, on the in the part of the state that there is no notion of a populus that is a people in a Ciceronian sense or a political science sense. We're not a people. We're a bunch of you know little communists. Some of them are Marxists and some of them are are uh, yeah what is it a rigid traditional Catholic or whatever the FBI thing. What, what is it? Our radical traditional. RGCs. RGCs. Um, so you know, Nova which ranged from conservative, dedicated, but haven't seen where we're at yet to very milk toast and indistinguishable from a Methodist, you know, to us uh, hedonists and libertines and whatever, everyone's about it. As soon as you offend something in their little wheelhouse, now, um, you, know, you have to be canceled. In, re- in reality, this is the reality of a cancel culture, is that it is only one or two steps removed from killing that person to remove him to the state from the from the state from the polity and you go back to the French Revolution and I always have to go back to the French Re- Revolution because it is the microcosm played out in like fast forward of everywhere we've gone since then and will be going until some kind of restoration happens. So in the French Revolution, if you didn't you know salute the 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 flag the revolutionary flag fast enough uh, you didn't you know vive la revolution if you didn't say it fast enough um, or in the right way, uh, you know, or again, you, you wore the tricolor in the wrong spot. You're not, you're, you must be counter-revolutionary. You're not revolutionary enough. And so therefore, we're going to kill you. And that's what we do. The sons call out. They, they take off their wooden shoes, the sabots, and they beat you to death. And, and that's the word sabotage is born out of that. So, and, and that's, that's, the, that's what cancel culture is. It's just, just without the wooden shoe. But it's getting there. We're only two steps removed from where uh, canceling someone really means killing someone. You'll be totally justified in killing someone in, in, in the eyes of the, the Woko Haram because of the fact that, yeah, you said you did wrong thing, buddy. That's counter-revolutionary. You've got to go. And and, and that's wow. the kind of the reality we're looking at. Although again, if y'all want to Facebook Live me, and I'll I'll give you a long thirty minute thing on uh, any you know period of European or African history you want to go through, and uh, we'll do it.
3: <laughs> so, I, I really pre planned this show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and I know that sometimes my compatriots here, my comrades, have a hard time coming up with really good. Yes, I can definitely smell shite. <laughs> really good unpopular opinions and so i want to take a couple just a a quick commercial break to allow not only that my my confreres here to come up with really good decent competitive unpopular opinions but also to wow you and stimulate you with the beauty of our planet as it actually is
0: I say that the world is round, and someone else says it's flat.
5: Let me just underscore, you don't need to be a scientist to know that the Earth is round.
0: Breaking news the world is round, not flat. Society in Congress they, they must have been founding members of, of the Flat Earth Society they, they would not have believed that the world was round.
5: We got some people at high levels of aspiration who are the Flat Earth. We have Flat Earth caucus. How do we know how do we know the earth is not flat Shh. The
1: earth is... and now the moment you've been waiting for prepare to be mesmerized get on your tinfoil hats get out your pies for opinions more unpopular than an alpha male at a gender studies retreat. It's the Rundown Zone Unpopular Opinions Segment. Well, I did have an unpop, but now I'm thinking I've got a. To come up with something cause I think I know, I think I can guess what Mike is gonna do this week. And uh, now I'm just gonna stick with the program. So my unpopular opinion is it's not a sin to be rich. It is a sin to be rich. Wait, what, what did you say? Okay, so to put it bluntly that it, it is not a sin to be of wealth, to be of means. It's a sin to in your heart, in your conduct, to be a worldling and to be attached to riches. Now, there are people who are poor, who are attached to riches. There are people who don't have money that absolutely are, are beholden to riches and attached to them. One of the great books on this was uh, Little Dorrit from uh, Dickens, where you have the, the exact opposite of David Copper, Copperfield and Nicholas Nickleby, where you have a you know, poor man who triumphs over the world. Now in Little Dorrit and the person of William Dorrit, you have the, the poor man conquered by the world. And then he finds out while he's in the debtor's prison that he's actually the heir to quite a bit of money and he becomes a a bad person. And his daughter's lamenting they ever had the money even though she never knew money. And now she's like in all the splendor and stuff. She's like, you know, I kind of liked it better when we were in the Marshall Sea prison because we were real back then. Being a rich person does not mean you are a rich worldling per se. There are Catholics throughout history that have been wealthy, that have had money, and they have used that money to benefit the church in positive ways, as opposed to negative ways or ways to self aggrandize. So you think of the Medici commission, all this art, build a monastery, all these things. And, and and of course it's to aggrandize themselves and improve their position for the most part. And, but there are people who were wealthy and, and St. Francis would evangelize them and they would donate money and, and things for the, for the early Franciscans to use. And Francis never told them you're evil for having the wealth because the state in life in which they live, they have those resources. That's why he made the third order, use those resources to benefit Christ and the church, to benefit the poor, to benefit. You have this culture in the church, especially since the sixties that looks at, well, yeah, all riches are evil and you know the poor are bad, but guess who pays the bills folks? Yeah, uh, the wealthy, wealthy people, whether they inherited it or they just had business sense and they made it happen or whatever it is. And those people, even as wealthy people can get to heaven, if if they divest themselves inwardly of their attachment to riches they make go those riches at the service of the church and for the good and and not necessarily that you know they have to give it all away immediately right then and there rather they make those that that, to the advantage of Christ's faithful i've benefited in my own life from you know people who are wealthy who who you know gave to me at different points or especially more recently Bunch of people, you know, that really helped me out when, when my wife passed away to help pay bills and things of that sort. So and but that's not even just the personal experience. It's also just theologically, historically, the saints evangelized very wealthy people and they made their wealth to this, at the service of the church. And so people who live in a, you know, in a poverty, God will provide and he often uses people who are wealthy to provide for them. So the unpopular opinion is, it is not a sin to be rich. It is a sin to be a rich worldling.
2: My turn. Okay, unpopular opinion. I uh, I put out a tweet this, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, about preferring to be, preferring to be called a. Uh, I'd rather go before God on my judgment day as a schismatic, than one who cowered before the enemy. Claimed affiliation with a false religion, or hid the true faith. And of course, he gets some backlash by people because uh "systematic" is just a, a, is, a is a trigger word. You know, it just gets gets certain people, especially sedes and uh, big time modernists, gets them going. But the reality is, you know, I said that because before Almighty God, one easily has as a defense of why the church today controlled by modernists to uh, actually right now, as, as, as of tomorrow, uh two thirds of the the cardinal, two thirds of the cardinals will be appointed by Jorge Mario Bergoglio. Why they would define you as a schismatic is because you're contrary to their agenda because you don't promote the, the modernism that they, they want to instill within the church and society into the world. You're not a Freemason. So, Therefore, you're schismatic. You're not a Freemason. Therefore, you're schismatic. So that's why you know I tweeted something as as uh, controversial as that. Well, that's exactly it. As I was talking about today, humility, especially on social media, especially in, in, uh, in front of your friends, you have to be willing. You have to have the, the thick skin to be called horrendous names. To be a schismatic is to be condemned to hell. When someone says you're a systematic, they're telling you they're go- you're going to hell. But the reality is, when we keep the true faith, we're not. And so that's why I put it into the contrast of, I'd rather go to on my judgment day as a schismatic than one who cowered before the enemy, claimed affiliation with a false religion, or hid the true faith. Listen, I know a priest who was told by his chancery, right after the Pacamama ordeal, that Matt Fradd defends, Matt Fred, you know, the famous apologist, thousands of views, defends Pacamama, the Pacamama worship. I knew a priest who right after that ordeal was told by his chancery office to not have a public, to to not have a public act of reparation for the sin of idolatry. To not have a public act of reparation for the sin of idolatry. Now, the Pope himself committed a sin of idolatry publicly in the Vatican Gardens. And, a Roman Catholic diocese or chancery told a priest not to have a public act, act of reparation for the sin of idolatry. But guys, you're supposed to fight tooth and nail to be in communion with these guys. To, to claim some sort of public affiliation with these guys. As if you believe the same things. I mean, that's what in communion means. You have the same faith, right? You say the same creed, you have the same faith. That's why all of this is, is completely and totally bizarre to hold each other accountable based on in communion. The words in communion, because right now we don't even know what the words in communion even mean anymore. You have partial communion, you have full communion. Yet you have people that claim to be in full communion, but there's they have they have a list, you know, a little paper list of all the bishops they're in communion with and a list of bishops they're not in communion with. And then you, of course, over here have a, a list of bishops you're communion with and a list of bishops you're not in communion with. And maybe your two lists match. Maybe they don't match. Listen, that's completely and totally not Catholic ecclesiology whatsoever. You're in communion with the pope and the bishop's in communion with him, and you don't get to decide. The Pope does. So my unpopular opinion, I think, remains in the same in the same tweet. The word systematic and the word in communion are completely and totally irrelevant. Why? Because things are about to get much more uglier. Much, much, much more uglier. And in terms of fighting this, in terms of hope, all I can do is give you the same example that. Those traditional Catholics gave us what they lived in the 70s and 80s. And I'll give you the example of Father John Melnick, my formator, worked for Ecclesia Day, worked for the Fraternity of St. Peter. And ultimately, how he got introduced to the old Roman Catholic See of Cereglow. The bishops in the, in the United States told Rome... They had no need for the Fraternity of St. Peter in the United States. There was going to be no FSSP in the United States, guys. No FSSP. If you go to the FSSP, you have Father John Melnick to thank for this. If you go to the FSSP in the United States of America, you have Father John Melnick to thank for this, my formator. And I'll tell you why. The United States bishops told Rome there's no need for the traditional Latin Mass. There's no pastoral need for the need in the United States for the Church of Latin Mass. FSSP said BS. Bullcrap. So they actually selected certain people, Father John Milley being one of them, to go to all, to everywhere in the United States, all 50 states, drive all across the country, You know, different guys going to different directions, to literally find newspapers, because this was before internet, find the newspapers, and find the locations of all the illicit, illicit, illegal traditional Latin masses in the United States. Write them down, report them back to the FSSP so that they can send that back to Rome and say, look, there actually is not any, because these are all the illicit, illegal traditional Latin masses in the United States. And we need to counter them. We need to provide the pay. The, 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 there's faithful going to these masses and we need to give them a licit option to go to. Once Rome received that report, they acquiesced. They said, okay, FSSP goes to the United States. So you see all these uh, tweets or whatever about promoting rosary rallies or whatever to promote the tr- uh, traditional Latin mass. Write your bishop. Tell him how much you love the traditional. Oh, that'll convince him so much. That'll convince him so much, writing him a, a cute little letter. Listen, our forefathers fought the good fight. And they won. We needed to fight the good fight. Using their example. The only thing that guarantees. A licit traditional Latin mass. Is an illicit. Traditional Latin mass. And it takes. Men willing to. uh, Take this risk. And all of its uncertainties. In order to provide this for the faithful. So it's. It's time to stop being. Presumptuous. Contemptuous. Um, you know, on your high horse "Oh, look, I'm listed. I'm listed. I'm cute. I'm listed. I'm listed. I'm all according to the rules." Stop, stop. This is war. This is war. If you don't have mud all over your boots, if you don't have mud all over your hands, you do If you don't have blood, sweat, and t- tears, you're not a warrior. Simple as. Um. So that's my unpopular opinion. Is is simply that we we have to get down and dirty. We have to be willing to be called schismatics You have to be willing to, uh, endure and persevere through illicit masses. Um, precisely because this is what guarantees the future. We can't trust our bishops. Simple as can't trust them. They're done. And that's, that's a, a huge, uh, blow to the Catholic church in a sense, because we're supposed to. Um, but until they recognize the fact that our Lord is the head of the church and uh, not their stupid agenda, then then, then things are going to r- remain the same.
0: Very good. Um, I want to go ahead and congratulate so far uh, Ryan and Father Martin. Uh, you've had some very fine... Uh, well thought out opinions tonight that might very well be excellent contenders and hearty contenders excellent contenders and and yeah yeah and indeed hearty contenders for the most unpopular opinions tonight but I'm gonna go ahead and say this you know I guarantee my thoughts which are about to be put to words are equally well thought out and very serious and if not Uh, more unpopular, at least for me and from my own perspective. Um, Every year during summer, men become more and more emboldened to make asses out of themselves. And it's dawned on me when I go out, especially in the summer, and I see the attires of these uh, so-called men, I'm, you know, asking myself, well, what, what would I rather? You know, this or that. And so this is my unpopular opinion tonight. I would rather wear shorts and closed-toed shoes than than trousers and open-toed shoes. And this is a very serious thing, you know, because I cannot imagine any reason in the world why men would like to walk around with their toes exposed for any reason at all in the summer. Uh, This has become something that makes me convulse each time I go out, and it is not a pretty sight. Men, what are you doing? It's not a pretty sight. Tuck those toes away, put on some socks, put on some shoes. You know, if you have to wear a pair of shorts and shoes that are covered, do that rather than wear long pants and then open-toed shoes. All respect is lost, okay? That's my popular opinion tonight.
3: At the risk of having to compete against nobility, uh schism, and open-toed shoes. I bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, the best of popular opinion that I can think of this week. Where shall we start? This is the unpops is where I finally get to talk when I'm hosting the show, when I'm actually like in 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 drive mode. I like when Ryan drives because I get to talk more. Ladies and gentlemen, sit down, because here it comes. Um, I had an epiphany. You know, I've been to San Francisco many times. I find it to be an extremely beautiful city. I admired it growing up. I always thought it was it was naturally beautiful. It's got hills. It's got buildings. It's on the bay. It's beautiful. I love San Francisco. I hate all of the faggots in San Francisco. But what I hate more about San Francisco and California in general is that it has been overtaken by the homeless. And the homeless suffer from mental diseases. They are addicted to uh, drugs, narcotics, and they are often uh, committing crimes against people. So there's criminality, there's illiteracy, there's, uh, there's drug addiction. There's a, there's a big problem in San Francisco, Los Angeles, places in California that will just break your heart. You see syringes in the street. You see human feces in the street, which would excite Michael Voris because he loves human feces. Um, but notwithstanding all of that, my unpopular opinion is centered around the fact that the most important, and I'll get back to the feces here in a second, the most important number in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, is not the, the amount of money that we have in our bank accounts. It's not our cell phone number. It's not our social media following. It's not our social security number. It's not our date of birth. It's not the year we got married, the number of children we have. The most important number in our lives is our social credit score, or as we just abbreviate it in these United States, the USSA, our credit score. Our credit score is a number which follows us around and determines whether or not we are bankable, whether or not we are good credit risks, whether or not we can take on as much usury as possible, labor under it, and service it appropriately, making sure that the Jewish banksters receive their cut. That social credit score, which we just abbreviate to the credit score in the USSA, the United States of America, is by far the most determinate factor in whether or not we will have a quote-unquote normal life and live the American dream or not. Whether or not we will survive in this usury economy in which a starter house in the United States of America, the USSA, costs half a million dollars, in which case a 22 year old brand new Catholic family planning to have up to 10 children or maybe more is supposed to survive in this usury economy where they have student debt, $500,000 in mortgage debt, $80,000 for a van which can transport your family. That social credit score, which we abbreviate to be your credit score, as determined, your FICO score, as determined by this black box algorithm, as to how well you cope with the usury economy, that is the number which determines the winners and the losers in these United States, in this USSA that we all live in. And that social credit score, which we abbreviate to be your credit score, is the delineating factor between the haves and the have-nots. And my contention is that the reason why there is feces flowing in the streets in San Francisco and Los Angeles to the delight of guys like Michael Voris who love the mixture of blood, semen, and feces, that's what gets them off, my contention about why there is blood and semen and feces flowing in the streets of San Francisco is because of usury. Usury is what makes men work harder today, longer hours for less than medieval peasants. Usury today is what divides families and separates fathers from families. When young men are raised by women, they become faggots. Usury today is why we have a problem of effeminacy in the United States of America, the USSA. Usury today is what determines who will be bankable and non-bankable, cancelable versus who can survive in the United States of America, the USSA. Usury and sodomy come together as a twin pair. Usury and sodomy have always cooperated with each other. Usury and sodomy are the twin evils which we have to oppose in this month of June the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart, not to pride, not to usury. And my contention is that those zombies wandering the streets of Sanford Frico or Santa Monica, both named for great Catholic saints, those zombies who wander those streets aimlessly in an illiterate, zonked-out, zombie-like state, who randomly commit acts of violence, who rape, murder, pillage, steal, those zombies, including those homeless veterans, the first thing they lost, before they lost their minds, before they lost their morality, before they lost their ethics and souls, they lost their social credit scores, which we abbreviate in the United States of America as your credit score. China invented the social credit score. China is enacting a control on their population using the social credit score. But they didn't invent it. They only perfected it. We invented it here in the United States of America. We, in the United States of America, the USSA, have ranked humanity on a scale of 300 to 850. That is your social credit score in the United States of America. And long before any of these people wandering the streets lost their minds, they lost their bankability, they lost their war against usury. So my dudes out there who are watching the rundown, my fellow Americans, my countrymen, and those around the world in the Anglosphere, usury and sodomy are the twin evils which are the core of all of our social ills from destroying the family and onward. And they have to be named and they have to be opposed. You have to describe what sodomy is. It is a fascination with feces and blood, which is what Michael Voris spent his entire life fascinated with. You have to describe what it is in order to destroy it. That is my unpopular opinion. All right, let's
4: uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that said Sanfern... Sanferndale, San cough, cough. All right, that's pretty funny. Uh, now it's time to grift, ladies and gentlemen. We have to grip. <laughs>
2: you meet it, ryan
1: okay so it comes to me so june 6th and of course june is the month of the sacred heart i will get to that in a minute but uh, is the feast of saint norbert who the heck is saint norbert well if you're from southern california you've probably heard of norbertine's they tend to be fairly conservative. There's the, there's actually good priests among them, etc. But do you want to get to the real Saint Norbert? And here is the book, well written history on Saint Norbert, uh, embroidered with wonderful woodcuts. It's just a tour de force. If you want, basically, if you want to know about Saint Norbert, this is the book. So if you have an attachment to them because or you like them because you lived in Southern California, you want to know about the real story. Here it is, fantastic book on on that uh, subject. And then, of course, there is the month of the Sacred Heart, which uh, is again I grifted last week. Uh, daily meditations on the Sacred Heart uh, of Jesus, and so sort to of grow closer to the Sacred Heart. Started running low. I just noticed <laughs> I had a few out, and in know, down. You know, the, the stock's getting kind of low, so I just made a big order of that. So it will be back in. So it does show up back order. Don't worry about it. it. It should be in about next week, I think. Um, and, uh, so I made the major grift for this last week. So, I, you know, I won't repeat it too much. It's on rumble the last week's show, by the way. Um, and eventually I will edit it and put it on YouTube once, once we get that back going again. And the last one I've got is a book that just doesn't get a lot of love, but it absolutely should. And you probably have, everyone's probably heard something about Cardinal Baronius. Baronius, the founder of church history. He was, um, you know, disowned by his family and because and he had chosen the religious state, St. Philip Neri took him in. Um, he was ordained a priest. And then, you know, he wanted to do theology and philosophy and St. Philip Neri decided to direct him to history. And it, unbeknownst to St. Philip Neri, was kind of a light of the Holy Spirit that came down upon him because what was happening at the same time is the Lutherans had just published the first kind of... Uh, history anthology, as it were, like the a history book, like you might think of it today. Those didn't exist exactly in that way in that time. And what they had done was very selectively commentate on the ages of the church to try to show that the early church was Lutheran and not Catholic. And it's actually historical value, even in the judgment of Protestants about 100 years later. So it was like, eh, it's pretty much garbage It's propaganda. But at the time, it, w- it was new and it was different and it was having a lot of ill effect. And so Philip Neri's putting, you know, Baronius into studying history made him perfectly prepared for this task that was then given to him, which you need to write the counter history, the real history, the good and the bad of the Catholic church, you know, through, in which he got to through about the 13th century and the whole Biennales, which actually is great work if you read Latin. Um, this book is just about his life, his own personal holiness. Um, and, and there's so many great things. And I've embroidered it with a lot of great portraits of people who lived in that time uh, it's just a fantastic work covering the actual history of Cardinal Baronius and who he, who he was, and his uh, his spirituality and his devotion. So it's a great book, um, and so yeah, if you have, I know I got plenty of it in hardcover, you know, good deal in paperback. It doesn't sell a whole ton. It should. And mostly because people just aren't as familiar with him. And, you know, it's not a, a name that grabbed your attention like Francois de Saul and that is Francis de Sales for the Anglicans or, or Bellarmine or uh, St. Francis or, or whomever. So, but you should. If you're not acquainted with Cardinal Baronius, you should be. So, uh, anyway, uh, Mediatrixpress.com, you can find that there. If it's not readily visible, you know, just uh, go, to the, um, go to the search bar and you'll find it.
2: All right, it's my turn. I have a, uh, an unlimited amount of time to speak on this microphone. This is great. Just kidding. Anyway, so one thing I wanted to do, I mean, it's not really a grift, but it's a, once it's a grift, a lot of questions have been shot to me about um, my ordination, who I was ordained by, the group I was ordained by all that kind of stuff. And of course, 100% totally transparent, right? I want to give you guys everything, tell you everything, all that kind of stuff. Um, cause I, I mean, I really have no interest in hiding anything. Um, so one of the questions I always, <laughs> always get is old Roman Catholics, So you're basically old Catholic. So you don't believe in the immaculate conception. And that's just kind of like a, a forehead hitter. I know you, everybody's experienced one of those moments were just like a forehead hitter. Cause like, it's like, what do I start? um, well, one thing is like Bishop Miko, the Bishop Cordemir, right? He uh, he works at a parish called the Immaculate Conception. Why? Because they believe in the Immaculate Conception. And she so was like, "Well, that 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 doesn't really square away with with old Catholics." Well, that's because they're not old Catholics. It's like, well, oh, but there's 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 old at the beginning of the name. Look at, at the very beginning of the name. There's old. Like, that doesn't mean anything. That <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Uh, and so I just kind of wanted to shoot you guys uh, their their website. It's it as you can see. Actually, it kind of has a background of the Vatican website, that old parchment thing, um, yellow. But anyway, there actually is a website that you can go to and you can see their their history, the profession of faith, their beliefs, absolutely everything. Everything is, is there completely, 100%. And the reason why um, ultimately I ended up in this computer, because as you can see, the Most Reverend John James Humphreys, uh, that's who Father John just met whenever he was on an assignment from the Fraternity of St. Peter, to find illicit masses to send to Rome um, to show that there was a pastoral need for the Fraternity of St. Peter in the United States. So because Rome demanded that, because the Fraternity of St. Peter sent him on that mission, he met the Most Reverend John J. Humphreys uh, and had a 20-plus a twenty plus year friendship with him, uh, getting to know him, getting to know his faith, all that kind of stuff, and, and to know the Old Roman Catholic Church, see of Glow. Now there's a lot of people that go by Old Roman, Old Roman Catholic, all that kind of stuff. They're not necessarily affiliated with this group. It's not copyrighted. Anybody can claim that a, a, a group of Buddhists out in Tibet can, can claim Old Roman, whatever, um, without any any consequences. Um, so it's important, more important actually, if Kirk Glow than it is Old Roman. Um, but I just wanted to share this out with all of you because again, I'm not in the interest of, of hiding anything. Um, I've made a decision for my life um with the counsel of many wise and experienced priests um at, at least 3 times older than i am um it wasn't something that was that was rationally made or anything else and of of course i mean vice versa i'm sure you have plenty of decisions in your life that maybe i wouldn't agree with but hey we're all here doing our best right um at the at the end of the day the reality is if the fraternity of saint peter caves or the institute of christ the king caves if SSPX, I mean, they're they're not caving in any sense right now. But hypothetically speaking, if they caved, um, there's at least one priest here that will continue saying the traditional Latin Mass, and that's you know Father Martin. Um, so I'm not speaking negatively necessarily about any of those communities, but the reality is, I mean, I know in in one state in the United States there was a uh, there was 43 um, places that were that they asked a particular community to open an apostolate in and they just don't have the people. Like, There's not one community in traditionalism that can supply the need for traditional Latin masses and the traditional faith. One can't do it alone. We all need to work together. Um, And so I just wanted to put that out there in terms of my grift in the sense that, again, I just want to be more and more open to you guys, show you everything that, that there is for you, to, you. Do your research yourself. Um, I know there's people who, that watch the run down that disagree with my decision. I mean that's fair. Uh, I knew there would be there would be people that disagree with my decision, but ultimately I had to make a decision. That's one thing that's different between you know a, a vocation versus just being a layman. As a layman, you can bounce from Fraternity Saint Peter to Institute of the Christ of King to CMRI to Sanbornites to wh- whatever you want. You can you can you can pass to whatever masses you want without any consequences. But if you have, have a priestly vocation you have to make a decision. You have to pay the price. And so understanding that ultimately I, I I made a decision not to neglect anybody else or, or to, uh, or to, you know, speak negatively about anybody else, but concerning my community, myself, our situation and, you know, everything that goes into making a prudential decision, this was the best fit for us and and for, for our community, for myself and everything else. So I just wanted to share with you guys the website that way those that have questions and everything else, they can, uh, they can have a resource.
3: James, you need to grip something today. You're on the camera.
0: <laughs> I am going to grip something. I am forced to, to grip something today. Here's what I want to do. Um, I am in the middle of something uh, that might be of interest to a lot of people who are listening um, I have here in my hand and I'm trying to find the other one that's somewhere here um, I have in my hand this very 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 beautiful book by alfonso Ligori, the way of salvation and of perfection this is a book I generally go to from time to time to read and I've offer this up to our viewers uh, probably once or maybe twice at the most as selected reading for the year. This has very good um, spiritual treatises, meditations, and reflections from uh, the moral doctrine of the church. You cannot go wrong with St. Alphonsus de Liguori. This is a very great book to have and to read and to meditate on. And here's something I'm doing that's very interesting. I'm setting up a uh, give send go i want to record this entire book for you and have this readily available for free but the cost to that would be getting a laptop now if you were interested in hearing this audiobook come to fruition or seeing this audiobook come to fruition rather You've, uh, you've heard me read from this book once or twice on air. You've said to me you enjoy my recordings and things of that, of that nature. I appreciate that. I've heard feedback from other people, too, who have asked me to do something like this. Well, this is going to come to you very soon. Uh, I'm going to set up a Gifts and Go. I don't have the link readily available. Let me see if I actually have it readily available. I don't have it available. I'd put, I'd put it up right now. So my, my bad. Me.
3: What, what 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 are the search terms for give Send, go? What what did you call it?
0: Uh, it is. That's a very good question. Um, give me a second here. Let me uh see that here. It is called um James the Texas uh, James <laughs> James the Texas Trad. That's pretty much it. <laughs>
3: So, uh, track. okay hold on we're gonna yeah, find this. yeah yeah so let me I know if you find it. it i don't
0: see it okay well i'll have to fix that then um but Games, uh the- yeah so if we if we if we sort this out before the end of the show you're gonna see a banner running across and then you will you'll have that link and then it'll be live uh but this is a work that's coming to you and it needs your attention uh, you've seen how crappy my computer is uh and uh everyone complains about it I appreciate the complaints I'm doing something about it and this would be a very good way to uh fix that problem so I'll give you this audiobook for free my voice and uh this will be a very good spiritual uh, consolation to a lot of people who enjoy reading and learning from the great saint the moral doctor of the church. Uh, so I'll let you know the d- details of that shortly, but uh, thank you very much for your time.
3: Hey, folks, we're rundown folks. This is the last time that this is going to be available to you. For those who like the rundown, the rundown is also carried on the Crusade Channel, our broadcasting partner, crusadechannel.com. What I want to do is I want to walk you through crusadechannel.com slash parrot. p a r r o t t. Now, here's what you do. You go to crusadechannel.com slash parrot. Let's see if we get a banner across the bottom of this thing. Folks, we need to do this. crusadechannel.com slash parrot. This is your opportunity to take, look at this, $164.45 off a year. Now, you go down here, you type in coupons, And you type in my last name, parrot, apply coupon. What is your new total? $0.00, ladies and gentlemen, $0.00. I'm putting out five hours of content a week on crusadechannel.com, talk radio the way it should be, in addition to four hours of live radio from Mike Church and other content creators who are putting out hours and hours of good stuff every single day. About to do a deal with Ryan Grant. Now is the opportunity for you to jump in for $0.0, $0 by going to crusadechannel.com parrot, typing in my last name right here. There it is. My last name has been doxed. Christine Niles doxed me. Michael Voris took pleasure in doxing me. He released a video in which he said, I doxed him. No one knew his last name until I said his last name. Well, guess what, Voris? It's out there. The genie is out of the bottle. Go to crusadechannel.com slash parrot. Two R's of two T's. And you can save $164, ladies and gentlemen. And you can get all this stuff for free. Guys, this is the rundown. This is what we do. We grift. So it's 11 and that 3 that an inches tall. If you're thinking about how this is going to fit into your a uh, shrine or maybe even a bedside table. I know sometimes people like to wake up and say good morning to their favorite yes. uh, you know, people and saints and whatnot. Um, it's available in bronze and pewter and they're both $87.50. We don- we're not yet set up for two. E-
2: <laughs> Griffey and Trish Mills' now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to be with you good night good i have two shotguns on
5: my home they're locked in a safe there's a metal gun case we live in an area that's wooded somewhat secluded and i said jill if there's ever a problem just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house by shotgun by shotgun you don't need a machine gun You don't need 30 rounds Buy a shotgun, shotgun. Buy a double barrel shotgun no, you don't need
4: a flamethrower And you don't need a tank And you don't, don't need an AR-15
3: 15, so. to scare those thugs away No, and I don't need a grenade launcher I don't need an F-15 There's just one thing I need to do And
5: they'll stay away from me
4: Two blasts outside Fire the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun.
5: By shotgun, baby. You don't need, machine, you don't need gun. machine gun. You don't need machine You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds Buy a shotgun Buy a, a barrel
4: shotgun